sweet Loretta fat. She thought she was a cleaner, sweet but Rosetta. she was a crying the picker. Picks of the fingers, good. Okay. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am 24. This is my podcast, 24th Podcast. We're back on this nice, maybe not nice, but dreary Christmas Eve for me. I'm excited to be back. Finally. The Detroit Lions clinched their division for the first time in almost 30 years. We're going to be talking about that game as well as many others. I'm watching the end of the Commanders versus the Jets, and I don't know what the fuck the Commanders are doing. Jesus Christ, what a bunch of idiots. We'll talk about it, as well as we're going to primarily cast the Cowboys versus the Miami Dolphins here today. Anyways, great podcast coming up right here, 24's Podcast. All the girls around say she's got it coming, but she gets it while she can. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry, I'm just listening to Aaron Andrews' uh, first little um, introduction to the game. Fox has the game, the Cowboys versus the Miami Dolphins. And uh, Fox was obnoxiously... Fox's broadcast with Terry Bradshaw and Michael Strahan and all those guys were obnoxiously critical of the Cowboys loss against the Bills and it's just like the Bills are overrated and the Cowboys they just had a bad game that is that is essentially what happened last Sunday and everybody's like oh the Cowboys can't win on the road and they can't they can't they beat Carolina last month they almost beat the Eagles on November it's like 
Oh, gosh. When we're playing these weird games where we just essentially pick and choose which games count where, it's like, sure, you can pick out how the Cowboys have had a bad season and how they've only beaten bad teams and yada, yada, yada. And it's just... It's just very annoying. Very annoyed with how the media has... This is one of... This has been essentially the biggest hit job I've ever seen in my entire life in regards to one team. We're just like, oh, this team is a Super Bowl contender. They've won 10 games. They've beaten up on all of their... Just on all of their opponents. And the media is like, you know what? That's not good enough. Uh, they should have won by 99 points against the Giants. And um, they also should have uh, just absolutely just smoked the Eagles. Oh, wait, they already did that. So we ha now have to move the goalpost even further back. Very frustrating coverage on the Cowboys this season. But... Um, yeah, Fox. Fox's Terry Bradshaw said that the Cowboys are stupid or something like that, and it's just like, hey, be careful how you talk about the Cowboys, Terry. They pay uh, the bills for your very, very large ranches. It's like, come on, stop it. Anyways, um, a lot of games that have been played today, we're going to talk about them all. I kind of want to see the Cowboys opening drive here, and then we'll kind of transition into some of the other stuff. I haven't really followed the Cowboys news for the most part. I was a little bit worried about Zach Martin not playing this week because he didn't finish the game last week after somebody hit him in his right thigh. So I was like, is Zach not, is, is he hurt? Nope. I guess they were just being cautious with him. And I mean, it was kind of a lost cause, but Dallas is, Dallas just had like two first downs. <clears throat> Dallas also received the football I don't know why I'm so sluggish today. I woke up from a nap. You know what? I don't know. I don't know if it's just because of the exhaustion that I've had after work and after school. But essentially, I've just slept and watched TV and played video games for like the last two weeks straight. I was like, am I really this tired? Have I been this tired for like the last couple of months because of how just tough it was at school and at work? And I don't know. But I gotta, I gotta get some juice back. I gotta get some momentum back, and so I'm hoping it. I really should have been training for the last couple of weeks, uh, training as in exercising. But um, I'll, I'll try and go to the gym. Ironically enough, on Christmas, because I'm, I'm overweight and out of shape. Third and one for the Dallas Cowboys, at the 49 yard line of the Dallas Cowboys. Dak and the Cowboys have had a really, really nice drive for the most part as I'm watching Luke Schoonmaker just obliterate somebody as they run it with the fullback Tyler Lipke I think that's what his name is and they get the first down Dallas's defense or not de defense but offense has had a really really nice solid drive so far they've matriculated the ball up the field I mean they like the the problem with the Dolphins overall is the problem that everybody thinks the Cowboys, as Peyton Hendershot, gets a horrendous false start. Horrendous false start. But the problem with the 40, not the 49ers, excuse me, the Dolphins, is that the Dolphins have not actually beaten, like, a winning team with a winning record, right? And it kind of shows. And they've also had some really bad games. It's It's been... Very weird to watch the Dolphins because they have the firepower. They have Tyler, uh, not Tyler, they have Tyreek Hill. They have Jalen Waddle. They have Tua being able to deliver the football to those guys. But 
they cannot seem to win and beat great opponents. The Bills kind of being one of those opponents where you're like, I, I thought... I thought that they should have been able to have beaten the Bills a couple of months ago or whatever that they uh, whenever they played them, but they lost horrendously, like forty something to twenty. As I'm watching Xavier Howard try to guard Stefan, not Stefan, excuse me, Jesus Christ, he does look like Stefan Diggs out there, like when he when Stefan is Stefan, you know what I mean? But as Xavier Howard is trying to guard up against C.D. Lamb, uh, he looks. Horrendous, as now he's being matched up against a tight end, but it doesn't even matter because it's a run play to Tony Pollard, and he he almost gets the first down on second and two. Regardless, Dallas's offense didn't look great. Dallas's offense today looks like Dallas's offense. I mean, quick passes to C.D. Lamb, some short yardage runs, some they they try to establish the running game. It it, it looks like Dallas. There's been a lot made of Dallas and just poor analysis and analytics and bad broadcasting overall they don't win on grass but they played well in philly but the officiating wasn't very good and now the rhetoric is is that they can't win on the road and i'm like well if they can't win on the road why are they 10 and 4 just ridiculous stuff but again dallas had a bad game they're already across midfield deep into miami's territory gosh man why are they showing me this crap? They're showing me Tua. And they're showing me this weird graphic about Tua and the Cowboys, and they're showing me now the record against winning teams. And it's just like, dude, show me the the Seattle Seahawks won yesterday or today actually, and the Rams won on Thursday. So Dallas technically has like two more wins against winning teams. It's like, can we stop it, please? And thank you. Can we stop with the whole, Dallas doesn't win on the road, and Dallas doesn't win against winning teams. Like, I, I just, nobody is, in, is being genuine right now. It's like, it's second and ten. Dallas still has their opening drive. As I get a close-up of Mike McCarthy and not on the game. Please, Fox. Let me see the huddle. I want to see what they're doing. I want to see their plan. What are the Cowboys going to do here on second and ten? They're at the 40 of Miami. So you're inside, I was about to say Greg Zerline, but it's um, Brandon Aubrey's range here. Dak just has a deep drop. Just checks it down to Hunter Lipke, who gets like eight yards. It looked like he wanted to take a shot to CeeDee Lamb, but they doubled him. Which is smart. It's very smart. Dallas doesn't have a lot of great options outside of CD Lamb. They have Brandon Cooks, who I haven't seen a whole lot of him. He has he has played to he is playing today. There he is. He's on the field now. But um Jalen Tolbert is another option, but it's like Dallas's options, like the solid best option is CD Lamb as Dak on third and two. Oh god, Jesus Christ, that was messy. Dak almost takes a sack like twice, but he gets back across the line of scrimmage almost, and I don't know what he's looking at. It looks like Tyron Smith is also out. I don't know what is going on with Dallas's offensive line. Nobody, as as Aaron Andrews just gave me the freaking report on on how Dallas is how Dallas had a bad loss against the Bills and da 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 da. Tyron Smith isn't playing. Tyron Smith has been, like, the best left tackle in the NFL. And I'm like, hey, uh, maybe we talk about how Tyron Smith isn't playing. Because he's he's kind of important. He's a little bit important. But, of course, Aaron Andrews does not give me that information. 
unfortunately. What a side like this is this is why nobody likes sideline reporters. I like Aaron Andrews. I like uh, Jenna Wolf. I like a lot of the sideline reporters. But do you not think that it's a little bit of uh, like a little bit important that Dallas's starting left tackle is out? Do you just do you just not think that that's important to report to your audience of millions of people? I don't know. It, it is for me. I like to know that type of stuff. <clears throat> Anyways, sorry. It's fourth down. Of course, Dallas is going to go for it. They've had a great drive. But the question is, do you just run it with your fullback and Hunter Lipke? Do you sneak it with Dak? Um, they they don't have Lipke on the field. It looks like, I mean, they have Tony Pollard on it, on the field. This may be a handoff. They're in the shotgun. It's a very weird formation. Dak isn't under center. Tony Pollard and C.D. Lamb are. It's a very weird formation to hand off to Tony. Oh, no, it's not a handoff. It's a pass play to Stonemaker for, oh, no, not even Stonemaker, but Jake Ferguson for a first down. I was like, they're just going to hand it off. And they're like, nope, we're not going to hand it off. We're going to throw it on fourth and one. And I get another K. Jewelers, the commercial. Sorry. They were about to replay the exact same commercial while the game is going on. I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Get your, like, you can sell me another kiss. Every kiss begins with K, jeweler, uh, advertisement later. I mean, Dallas is on an absolute heater. First and 10, 11-yard line of the Dolphins. Handoff, Brandon Cooks has the edge, gets like eight, maybe nine yards. It's a great job by Dallas. Great job by Dallas. So, Dolphins have a lot of great players in a lot of great positions, right? I mean, I, I just saw one of them in Jalen Ramsey, right? Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard at one point in time was a top five cornerback at his position. Now, not so much. Uh, Bradley Chubb, Jerome Baker, Calvin Watkins, Javon Holland, who is now out, by the way, with like a knee injury. When I heard that Javon Holland was questionable because of his knees, I was like, oh, he's not playing. I'm like... It would have been different if it was one knee, but if it's both knees, if he's literally on bad knees, pitch play to Tony Pollard and he goes for a touchdown. But what? He was not down. Are you kidding? What is what is up with these officials? He wasn't down. He spins. He twists. Eh, eh it's it's short. It looks like I was like he gets spun around the football, doesn't cross the plane. But his body does. It's it's very annoying. It's first and goal now. So I don't. I mean, just just run it again. Quarterback sneak it. Do whatever you want to. If you're Dallas, as Dallas is taking a lot of time off the clock on their opening drives, it looks like it's Hunter at Lipke again. Yep. Nope. As Hunter Lipke fumbles the football on the one yard line. Which is insane. How, how, what happens here? It's a perfect handoff by Dak and Hunter Lipke just drops it. Dak thought it was... I mean, Hunter, Lip, Hunter Lipke just dropped the, uh, the ball. I mean, it, Dallas has been running these short yardage plays on fourth down with Hunter Lipke. And um, it's been kind of working, to be honest with you these short yardage runs and Hunter Lipke just fumbles the football. It's just like, Oh my gosh. Regardless, Dallas's offense was cooking before literally 
Hunter Lipke fumbled a touchdown. They were like, hey, we're trying to be nice, Hunter. Uh, we're going to give it to you here. Here you go. Here it is on the one-yard line, and he fumbles it on the one-yard line. It's just like... <sighs> Dolphins recovered, by the way. Anyways, oh, also, I guess... I'm going to see what's going on with the Dolphins on their opening drive here. Let me see it. Hold on. It looks like it's a touchdown, too, but Hunter Lipke literally fumbles the football. Dak thinks that he has it. He doesn't have it. I don't, I don't know how you can fumble the football literally at the one-yard line. It just... <sighs> I don't get it. As Miami takes over from their two, they decide to hand it off to Raheem Mostert. As Tua... The image that they gave Tua, the hand-drawn picture, Fox has got to get rid of those and just go back to actual pictures. Not the bad hand-drawn pictures, but the actual pictures, because my God... They suck, uh, the hand-drawn pictures, but Tua just doesn't even look like himself. It's like, come on, guys, can get a better artist or go back to real pictures. My God. Second and four, Tua drops back as Micah gets double-teamed, and, oh, gosh. Tries a strike to Tyreek Hill. It's incomplete. He just drops it. Deron Bland was in coverage. He's guarding the outside, and Deron Bland has to get on his horses and it's a back shoulder fade. It's a perfect throw by Tua. And Tyreek just loses it completely as Tua gets destroyed as Micah Parsons is, ironically enough, double teamed. It's like, this is another problem with Miami. Their offensive line isn't very good. And on top of that, their offensive line is hurt, which obviously isn't very good either. It's like on an injury report earlier this season, it was that Miami... Miami's offensive line, the entirety of it was on the injury report. Not just like one guy. It was just like, like who's who's out? Who's who's not practicing anymore? Oh, the offense. The offensive line isn't practicing. All of the starters are out because they're all hurt. So, against one of the better units when it comes to pass rush, it's uh, it's not good. Also, a couple of weeks ago, I mean, Tua has an awesome sleeve on his right on his right arm, it's just, it's like this Polynesian sleeve, but, um, he got cut up on his right arm, and you can see this, like, bit of white, and all of that black ink, and that's where he got cut up, I'm, I'm so sad for him, because it, it's, I mean, it still looks awesome, but it doesn't look as awesome as Tua takes a shot for Waddle, and it's complete, down the right side, first down for Tua, and the Miami Dolphins, just clear cut, just, I mean, these two guys, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, have just beaten Dallas's wide receiver, not wide receivers, but corners, and Deron Bland and also Safan Diggs that time around. And I mean, Jalen is just sprinting. He's running full sprint down the right side of the field and Tua finds him. Mm mm mm. Dallas absolutely had them dead to rights. And Tyreek and Jalen got on their horses. They busted out a play. Huge place. As they run with Raheem Mostert again. 
Played in the Super Bowl, almost won the Super Bowl for the 49ers, ironically enough, when Mike McDaniel was down there. Their right guard, who is it? Who's Their right guard is out in Robert Hunt, but everybody else is there, but everybody else... I don't know if they're hurt or if they just, it, it's, it's weird for your entire offensive line to not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. I can't remember when it was second and eight and the gun toss play Raheem Mostert has the edge, gets the edge. gets like five yards, something like that as his helmet comes off too. as I'm getting a weird quote about Mike McDaniel, who is quoting this? I don't know. I love Mike McDaniel as, as a head coach of Miami. I'm kind of just watching the game. I have some thoughts on Mike McDaniel as well. Some very good thoughts on him. Third and three. Tua in the gun. Motion zero out. Tua, quick pass, caught. Kind of a blown coverage by Dallas, but it goes for a first down. Some thoughts on Mike McDaniel. It kind of it kind of saddens me that Mike McDaniel is the head coach for Miami because of how good of a head coach he is because Miami's a little bit of a dumpster fire as an organization. I mean, granted, they've gotten some great players. They've gotten Bradley Chubb. They have Vic Fangio. They have some really, like, despite what I think of Miami as an organization, they've done some really, really good things and made some really good decisions over the last couple of years, one of them being Mike McDaniel, one of them being trading for Tyreek Hill, but before that, they decided, you know what, we're not going to settle with just Jalen Waddle. we're going to go after Tyreek, we're going to move off of Mike Kosicki and Devontae Parker, and we're kind of just going to have a soft reboot, and now they've won 10 games, and they're going to be in the playoffs for the second time in two years, which Lord knows how little they've gone to the playoffs really in the last 20 years, but I love his offensive schemes, I love his personality, and I love the structure that he's brought to Miami, it's just, it just feels as if some of the huge decisions, I mean, I love, I've, I love the, like, the idea of Tua, I love, like, I love Tua as, as kind of like a player, I loved him coming out of Alabama, but it just, it's hard for me to separate him from these huge targets. Like this, like, for example, take this game, right? Has the huge pass play to Jalen Waddle and a Tyreek Hill down the right and left side, respectively. But then when Jalen Waddle against zone coverage is wide open, he not only overthrows him, he overthrows him by like 10 to 15 feet. Like, a tight end, like the best tight end in the league, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, whomever, couldn't have caught that. Fully extended, jumping off of his feet, couldn't have caught it. And it's just, it's a very like, it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde sometimes with 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 Tua at times. I mean, I'm not somebody who is completely like, hey, Tua is nothing without his weapons, but I'm more along the lines of, I'm just like, eh, I don't know. I just... I, I don't know how sustainable this is. You know what I mean? I don't know how much... Like, I don't know how long you can essentially keep Tyree Kill, Aunt Jalen Waddle, and Tua, and Teron Armstead, 
and I think they also paid Bradley Chubb. I don't know how you can essentially keep all of these players as Miami will attempt to go for a 57-yard field goal. Are they going to go for a 57-yarder? Or are they going to punt it? They don't have Brandon Aubrey. It looks like they are going to punt it here again. No, they're going to go for the kick. They want the points. They need the points. They're going to be in a shootout with Dallas, it looks like. So they didn't like what they saw. They took a timeout for some weird reason. Now they're going to kick a field goal, a 57-yarder. I don't like this. I don't like this. Unless your kicker has the leg and the accuracy, I don't like it at all. And he doesn't. Oh, no, he does. He hit it. It hooked left. It, it was about to be out. I was like, he doesn't. I was about to say he doesn't have it in the sense of he missed it, but he had it. It hooked back inside. It looked, it was like, it was wobbling around like a pendulum. It shook inside. It shook outside. Then it shook back inside. And then right at the last second, it shook back inside right behind the upright. I was like, oh my God, that's not going to be in. And then it wasn't. All right. Looks like he's got the leg. 3-0. Miami, after a huge, huge, huge turnover by Dallas where it probably should be 7-0 or 7-3, probably. Hmm. As Miami takes the lead, 3-0. And Dallas and the Cowboys step back out onto the football field. As Hunter Lipke is back in, please do not fumble the football again. Hunter Lipke is like, I think, a tight end that's been converted to a running back or running back that's been converted to a fullback. And they've used him a lot this season to really, really great success. And he's done a lot of dirty work. And that's why he was in on like fourth down and third down. And that's why they were trying to give him the football on the goal line. But yeah, um, yeah, didn't go well for him in Dallas. As Dallas runs this, like, deep over route with C.D. Lamb and on their first play, I mean, Dak is already at 71 yards. I mean, it's again, it's it's Dallas. C.D. Lamb is at three receptions for 44 yards. Dak is, like, five for seven or something like that for 71 yards. It's like it's Dallas. It's the Dallas that we saw, like, two weeks ago against the Eagles where they, they were smoking the Eagles like nobody's business. The running game is is giving them short yardage. You would want more from the running game, but hey, you know, you don't need a lot when your offense has a has a guy that has like 1300 yards and other players. Second and 6 as they motion Pollard and it looks like it's I don't know what it is, like a zone scheme because nobody moved which isn't good because C.D. Lamb just caught essentially, it's the exact same play, and oh my God, C.D. Lamb just took it in for a touchdown. A quick little crosser, right? Same play again. Dolphins are in man coverage. Bad tackle, bad tackle, bad tackle. C.D. Lamb's gone, and he's away for a touchdown, and C.D. Lamb does C.D. Lamb things. Dallas is on the board. That fast. It's kind of like what you would expect from the Dolphins. And he's just gone. And he just beats the uh, the safeties, excuse me, and the corner and the linebacker to the edge. Brandon Aubrey. Brandon Aubrey. Bang. And he gets it. 
seven to three. Dallas is on top. Just two very, very good drives involving CD Lamb by Dallas. Going back to what I was talking about with Miami. Again, Miami has some great defensive players, but for some weird reason, it it, it reminds me a lot of Washington's defense where it's just like Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard and Javon Holland, he's not playing. Jerome Baker, Calvin Watkins, Bradley Chubb, they have great defensive players, but their defense isn't at times very good. And Greg Olson, I unmuted the broadcast. I usually have it muted. Greg Olson was talking about how Jalen Ramsey was begging, begging Vic Vangio, hey, let me cover. Let me cover CD Lamb. Because Jalen can do it. Jalen can cover CD Lamb on the inside. He can. But depending on the coaching staff, depending on the scheme, he is not allowed to cover CD Lamb. And so. Uh, CD Lamb beats some wide receiver on the inside in the slot, but it's also the scheme. It's also a zone scheme. And essentially from the start of the play, from the snap, CD Lamb's defender is in a trail position, which means that CD Lamb is just gone. I mean, technically speaking, it's like a safety, I guess, was supposed to cover him because, again, it was a zone scheme. But whoever was supposed to cover him was running after him and not running with him. And that's. That's essentially the difference of the play. First and 10. 25 of Miami. Empty set. No motion. They usually have that short little Miami. There it is. Short little Miami motion. Bang. They snap it to Tua. Tua. Again, right? Just a horrendous pass to Jalen Waddle. Or Jalen's just wide open. And if he catches it in stride, he turns it up the field and he gets probably 10 yards. I don't know. It's just, it's just with, like, that's the type of stuff that I'm talking about here. And with Dallas, right, Dallas made a huge mistake where they missed a huge opportunity by not scoring on their opening drive. And then Miami takes advantage and they score on their next drive, but they score a field goal. Kind of a very lucky break for them. And it's just like, dude, you're going to have to put up points as Dallas blitzes, Tua over the middle. There you go. To Cedric Wilson, I think. Yep. For a first down. Former Dallas Cowboy, ironically enough. Like special teams, ace for the Cowboys. Really, really good gadget guy. Miami spent a shit ton of money with him on him. I thought at some point he was going to get cut. But I think they renegotiated his contract and he's still he's still playing there. Wearing number 11 because uh, he used to wear number one. Or did he used to wear number? I, I forgot what number he used to wear, but it, I, it may have been may have been number one. He can't wear number one in Miami because two is wearing it. So he switches to number 11. I think he did wear 11 in Dallas, but he can't wear it in Dallas because Micah wears it in Dallas. Oh, shit. As Robbie Anderson or Chosen Anderson gets... Smashed by Damone Clark. Hold on. He smashed... Oh, yeah, that... Man, you hate that for Chosen Anderson. Chosen, formerly known as Robbie Anderson, I I believe. But he... He essentially catches... Essentially, that same route that CD catches that deep over takes advantage of Dallas's zone scheme, 
And it's not that Damone Clark hits Chosen Anderson in the head. It's that when Damone Clark, the linebacker for the Cowboys, hits Chosen Anderson, Chosen has his head bounce off the turf. That's what's concussed him. You hate to see those types of plays. So it's like guys got to unironically start training their necks so that way their heads don't snap back when they get hit. Because that was Tua's issue where darkly, ironically, like Tua last year had his head snap back multiple times and that's essentially what caused him to have multiple concussions. It looks like a false start on the offense, but they didn't call it. But it looks as if, I mean, it was the end of the first quarter. Miami just ran a play instead of running out the clock. I was like, I don't know why they're running out. I don't know why they didn't run a play. But <clears throat> as, but but it is what it is. As chosen Anderson has to uh, be helped to the medical tent. Hopefully he's all right. Anyways, huge matchup in Dallas versus Miami. Miami, I think. Unironically enough, Miami Miami is like still one game out from being the one seed in the conference. I think they get the Dol not the Dolphins, the Ravens next week, and that'll probably decide who will be the one seed in their conference. But I'm not one of those people that's 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 like, oh my god, Miami needs to beat a great team to be considered a great team. I think that they are a great team. I think they've proven that time and again, but they've also proven that they're very Buffalo Bills-esque where, you know, they'll, for example, beat the Cowboys, the Bills beat the Cowboys last week, and then this week they barely can beat the Chargers without their former head coach and Brandon Staley and without their starting quarterback. They lost, or they won, and they really should have lost, but they won 24-22. to It's like, guys, like, that's that's not a good thing. And Miami kind of has that word. They have very, very high highs, and very, very low lows. And they have a... Fox has a makeshift Santa Claus in the studio. Why? Why is this a thing? I get it. You know, you want to pretend to kids that Santa Claus exists. By the way, I won't play this weird game. I won't I won't play into it. I'm an adult. But um, it's, it's just weird to me that, like, how hard people try to make this fictitious character seem alive when the whole, like existence is ridiculous second and eight and Miami is still I didn't realize this but they because of the Robbie Anderson play uh, not Dallas but Miami's inside Dallas territory as a nice little screenplay Dallas was all over it Dallas read it properly it was a screenplay to Devon A. Chain his name is very very hard to say I'm not gonna lie to you I thought it was I don't even know what it was, or I don't know what I thought it was, but he he gets a screenplay, and he's so fast, he's so quick, that even though Dallas read it perfectly, he still gets like seven out of eight yards, and it's third and one. As Tua snaps it, hands it off to Raheem Mostert, and he gets he gets a first down and plenty more. Deep inside Dallas's territory. Now it's like you don't have to sweat your field goal kicker missing a kick. So they hand it off. Boom, boom, boom. And, yep. As Donovan Wilson gets obliterated on a block. Everything is kind of working 
for, by the way, they're showing me Raheem Mostert, who has 204 uh, rushes, 999 yards, and like, not 900, was it 999? I don't know what it was. It was like 900 and something yards and like 18 touchdowns as Jesus Christ, one of the tight ends tries to hurdle somebody or what is that? That's the fullback, right? Alec Ingold. Yep. Ingold tries to hurdle the safety, Donovan Wilson, and that, that doesn't work out at all. Second and five. Now, Greg Olson, and they're at the nine of Dallas. Greg Olson is talking to me about how Jake Ferguson shouldn't hurdle people. I'm like, eh, whatever. As Raheem Mostert gets an additional, like, six yards. I don't know what is going on here. A first down for Miami. And, like, I, I don't know what happened, but it was, like, one of the guards against one of the linebackers for Dallas just of course he obliterates one of the linebackers but I just don't get it and as Damone Clark is getting mega held as well but the, they don't call it first and goal at the four I think I think Miami punches it in here I don't understand how they wouldn't be able to hand off to Mostert Mostert tries to get to the edge and he doesn't Jordan Lewis, the corner, stops him. Second and goal is Tua having a nice day. Six, six, what is it? Six completions, 10, 10 attempts, 103 yards. It's like you'll take that into Dabarancha all day long. All day long. I mean, one of those was the mega shot by Jalen Waddle, but still. Probably should have had that Tyreek Hill completions as well, but. Second and goal, after the loss, Tua, five on the play clock, motions Alec Ingold, pitch play, Raheem Morris, Dallas is over it again, and it looks like his own, looks like his own offensive lineman tackles him. It's like another edge run, and it's just like, I I don't get it. He pitches it to Raheem Mostert. And, yep, <laughs> his own offensive lineman tackled him. Oh, I, I know. And it's Tyrone Armstead, or Tyron, Tyrone Armstead. It, it, like, he's he's a great tackle. He was a great tackle for the Saints, but he had injury issues. And that's why he's now a Miami Dolphin. And that's why Miami had to spend so much money to get him, as all as well as, like, why he's... As well as, like, why they're willing to tolerate his injury history. But it is weird that he just tackled Raheem Moster. I was like, who just fucking tackled? Probably a touchdown. And it's just like, oh, it's Tyrone Armstead. Anyways, Miami, super interesting team, along with Dallas. Miami's probably one of the class acts of the AFC. Except they, um, they're just one game out, one or two games out from being from uh from the one seed. They do have some significant holes and flaws with their team, but I mean, I think they're the two seed now. They really could take over as the one seed, I think next week when they go up against the Dolphins, or not the Dolphins, but the Ravens, right? Yep, in Baltimore too. It's a 
one o'clock game for some weird reason. And it's like, that could literally decide who wins the AFC. And it's just like, they're like, yeah, you know, we don't care. We'll have it on one o'clock. Hopefully I get the game. Especially considering that Sunday night's games, the Sunday night game, we don't have Monday night football next week. Sunday night's game is Green Bay versus the Vikings. Oh, joy. Oh, joy, oh, joy. Thursday night is Jets versus Browns. I feel like I just watched that game in the sense of like Texans versus Browns and Jets versus Commanders. Regardless. Um, Miami, super interesting team. In some ways is a little bit overrated because if we were going by the rhetoric that everybody uses for Dallas in the sense of, well, they haven't beaten a, a, a 100 or or a team over 500 that also that also they play on the road then then Miami essentially would be in Dallas's shoes whereas like Dallas has actually beaten teams especially now considering the results of Thursday and today Dallas has actually beaten a lot of teams on the road and um uh, that are over 500 and all this other stuff as I'm getting another look at Raheem Mostert but I couldn't see it because it happened way too fast as Micah Parsons almost gets Tua on a sack and Tua just has to throw it away on third and goal. Do you do you go for it on fourth down? I I think I would. I would have tried to give Tua a fade here as Jalen Waddle is down now. And oh, there's so, there is something in his eye. He's like blinking really, really hard. It looks like he may have gotten poked in his eye. Let me see. As the right tackle for as I mean, God, man, as Micah Parsons almost got a sack like twice against Tua. Looks like something's going on in his eye. I was gonna pose the question: Do you think that Miami will go for it on fourth down? It's like fourth and short, right? It's fourth and three, fourth and four. It's starting to come down here in Miami. Like, they're just showing me Mike McDaniel and how he is getting just absolutely blasted with rain now. It's just like, do you go for it here when it's kind of still, like, manageable conditions? You know? Or do you kind of just, like, do you just kick the field goal here? I would go for it. I would go for it. I think you have to go for it here. It's Dallas. As much as everybody wants to shit on Dallas, it's it's like it's Dallas. Fourth and goal here. I think you run it again. I don't know. I don't know if you can pass. I, I don't know. They have Chase Claypool in, which is ironic because Chase Claypool hasn't done anything for them in, since they traded for him like months ago. Fourth and goal at the five. Could also be a dummy play. Oh no, they snap it. And he looks back shoulder incomplete. They tried to get it to Cedric Wilson. Strapped is what Clark, I think the linebacker for the Cowboys says. Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins, they want a PI. Let me take a look at it again. They're both hands. It was they were both engaged. It's incomplete. Or I guess it was Thomas, number 30 for the Cowboys. And had a massive, massive incompletion. I don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. But you know what? Who was playing today? I think it was 
who was playing? I think it was the Chargers game or some other game that I was watching where essentially the team just continuously got got the football inside of the opposition's territory close enough where they could take shots or not take shots, but take field goals. And they took those field goals and they took those points. And, you know, three points doesn't seem like a lot, but when three goes into six and then nine and then 12, it's like, oh, like those are two touchdowns. That's what kept them in the game. I think it was the Chargers game, I believe. And so I'm not mad with the fourth down play, but now it's like probably in those situations now, you're probably going to be starved with points because, again, if you kick the field goal 7-6, to six, you kick another one and Dallas doesn't score 9-7. to seven, So it is what it is. It happens. It's like going to the table... It's like going to a blackjack table in Vegas and getting two face cards, like a queen and a king, and, you, and you're like, you got 20, and the dealer has like, I don't know, an ace or something like that. It's like, it could happen that they get 21 and they beat your hand. It could happen. Not all the time, but it could. Anyways. One of the games kind of came on today as the Bears are absolutely obliterating the Cardinals right now. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Speaking of just obliteration, Trevor Lawrence against Tampa Bay, 20 to zero. Excuse me. That's confusing. Tampa Bay is up 20 to zero against the Jacksonville Jaguars as Trevor Lawrence throws two interceptions today after throwing God knows how many interceptions last uh, week after having, let me just Google how many interceptions Trevor Lawrence has on the year, because if I were to guess, it would probably be a lot. And it is, it's 10. And then tack on an additional two more today. I mean, he had three interceptions against the Browns two weeks ago. It's just, Trevor, I said, I said this about Trevor, like, a month ago, month and a half ago, something like that, where I was like, Trevor is a very talented quarterback, who at the exact same time, is not living up to expectations, and expectations are, is that you shouldn't throw two interceptions, in a game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and be down 20 to 0 at half. It's like, dude, how does that happen? You're better than that. You're supposed to be better than that. You're supposed to be significantly better than Baker Mayfield. Nobody thinks right now that Trevor Lawrence isn't better than Baker Mayfield, and I can't I can't explain why he is this bad. I mean, he's gotten a lot of yards, he's gotten a lot of production, but this reminds me so much of the game against the Chargers, where the Chargers, what was it? The Chargers, um, the playoff game last year, last year, right? First game for Justin, first game for Trevor. And it's like Trevor throws four interceptions against the Chargers. And I'm like, you should have gotten blown out. And he technically did. I think they were down by like 28 points at halftime. And it's like here today, they're down by 20 points at halftime. It's like, it just... Trevor annoys me as a person 
maybe not as a person is the best way to describe it. He annoys me as a player. A lot of talent, and he's just getting outplayed by Baker Mayfield on a Sunday, on on some random Sunday. And the thing about it is, right, he has eight wins, so he has some good wins under his belt. I think he beat the Ravens, or he came close to it. But it's like you look at his division, and his division is important, right? The Texans, they lost today because the Texans, they were playing Case Keenum, who's a backup. But they, but the Texans, they also almost won today as well. The Texans against the Browns, it was like 36 to 22. I mean, they had, they had like a chance to win it potentially. But it was like the Texans, man, I don't know, man. It was just, hold on, as I'm, hold on. Looks like Bradley Chubb. It looks like Dak's going to get a roughing the passer call. And yep. 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 He got it. It was the whole, it's the whole rule about how you can't put your whole weight on a quarterback. And it's just like, yep. I mean, that is picture perfect right there. And Miami Dolphins fans don't like it. But then on top of that, Dallas's offensive line, which has been very, very uh, protective of Dak. They don't like that at all. Zach Martin gets beaten. What? Now they're blaming Dak because he's like, he's like he pulled Zach Wilson, uh, not Zach Wilson, but Calvin Watkins down. I don't know why I said uh, Zach Wilson, but I was like, hey, guys, uh, be quiet. Oh my God. As Dak is getting absolutely destroyed. As his entire left side of the offensive line can't pass protect for him. And then Dak takes, I think, his second or third sack of the game. And eh, maybe pass interference against whoever was guarding Jake Ferguson. But yeah, they have a linebacker. The linebacker comes in and he sacks Dak. Now it's like second down. What is it? It's like second and uh, show me the downage, Fox. Second and 12. All right. Wet raining. You don't really want to make a mistake here if you're Dak. You kind of want to take care of the ball, which is why I don't mind him taking a sack there as the ball gets batted up in the air on third down, on second down. It gets batted at the line of scrimmage, really. Let me see what's going on here. Third and 12. Okay. Two sacks already on Dak Prescott. Three pressures. Third and 12 at the 18 of Dallas. You want anything here if you're Dallas? This drive has been abominable. And they chip. Dak steps up. Dak decides to run. Any... He doesn't get anywhere. It's practically a three and out for Dallas. Just like their offensive line couldn't pass protect at all. They keep showing that Jake Ferguson is out, is like open. And it's just like Jake Ferguson is open because he's not in his fucking progression. And then Dak, I think he was looking for Brandon Cooks, but Brandon Cooks was covered. And so Dak tries to bail and whatever. Anyways. Going back to what I was talking about, Jacksonville and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? So Jacksonville, 
is getting absolutely smoked at halftime. Trevor Lawrence is abominably overrated. And, I mean, the fact that Baker Mayfield is outplaying him is just a joke to me. Granted, Baker Mayfield has better weapons than Trevor, but Trevor's a significantly better quarterback with, I think, a really awesome weapon in Calvin Ridley. And he hasn't figured out how to essentially use Calvin Ridley at all. It's very annoying. It's very annoying. Sorry, I'm taking a swig of my water here. But it looks like Jacksonville will go down here again and will leave the door proverbially open for the Houston Texans to come in or the Indianapolis Colts to come in and take the division. Ironically enough, those two teams lost today. And so the Jacksonville Jaguars' numerous mistakes that have been made over the last couple of weeks essentially don't matter because the opposition can't take advantage. None of these two teams won today, so uh, not not very good for them, unfortunately. All right. Jets at Commanders. This game was so interesting to me. The Jets versus the Commanders, right? Because it features one head coach that, in my book, I've already written off as fired. He's done, he's gone, he's fired. And then another coach in Robert Sala who potentially probably will be fired. This game was ridiculously close down the stretch after the Jets had scored 27 points in the first half while the Commanders scored 7. The game comes down to a late field goal by Greg Zerline because Washington has scored 21 points in the second half while before the Greg Zerline kick, the Jets had scored zero. Like, an abominable performance by the Jets offensively because they didn't score any points in the second half outside of the field goal, and technically that was special teams. And then defensively, right, by giving up 21 points in the second half. And it's just, it feels as if the Jets lost all momentum, all perspective on the game, and they were just like, well, we're up by huge margins. We get to take a break. And it's just like, well, they almost lost the game. I don't even, like, if you look at the game, right, statistically, it just, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, what was it? Sam Howell played. He was god-awful. I mean, he was 6 for 22 for 56 yards and two interceptions. That's how they lost the game. And then Jacoby, like, the reason why I said it was weird was because if you go on a Google and if you look at box scores on Google, Google will always put up the players that have the most production offensively first before the players that played the longest or have the most attempts or whatever. And so when I looked at the box score just now, I was like, Jacoby Brissett played in the game. And I was like, yeah, he played at the end of the game. But for the most part, I thought it was Sam Howell. And then I press on the player stats and for the commanders, there it is. Sam Howell is 6 for 22 for 56 yards and two interceptions. Jacoby Brissett was 10 for 13 for 100 yards and one touchdown. Sam Howell, I don't know what the commander's plan will be. The commanders will be in prime position to go out and get a quarterback. 
I think that the commander situation very much so is like that of the Bears in the sense of it's not Sam Howell's fault that he doesn't have an offensive line to pass for, uh, protect for him, that he doesn't have a good coach, that he doesn't have a good defense. However, it is Sam Howell's fault that he threw two interceptions today and threw 56 yards on six on 22 attempts and he got six receptions. It's like that is his fault. When he has guys like Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin and even like a good tight end and Logan Thomas. It's just, I, I don't know how he's fumbling the bag this much, so to speak. But he is. He's not very good. So. But the Jets, on the other hand, I don't, I don't know what their plan is. Are they really going to roll back? Roll it back with Aaron Rodgers again next year when they weren't very good this year? like just across the board and their division. I mean, it's kind of a mess. Miami to me for the majority of the year, if not the entirety has been the, the ace of this division, but I don't know. It's just, I don't think the jets are like one Aaron Rodgers away from being a super bowl contender. And I thought that before this season and I, think so now again currently it's just I I don't believe so I don't believe he is as Micah Parsons is in on a huge stop on second and four but I just I don't believe that the Jets are going to be relevant with Aaron but every single media member and analyst does anyways Lions at Vikings 30 to 24. Huge game for both of these teams for the Vikings is playoff chances and hopes to stay alive for Detroit to potentially maintain again. Third and five, speed out. Excuse me. To Devon A chain and Tua just misses him. I mean, it's it's different. What what's going on with Dak, right? Dak is getting hugely pressured, right? He's already got two, almost three sacks on him. He's getting pressured. He's getting hit a lot. Dak is going to have to come out with a huge... I mean, technically, the Cowboys are winning, right? I mean, not technically, they are winning. Even, even if Jason Sanders hits this 52-yarder... I'm just... I'm waiting for him to hit it. And he hits it. But... After he hits it, it's seven to six, right? But to me, like, by the way, they were inside Dallas's territory. I mean, they were obviously inside Dallas's territory. But it's like, it's taken a weird botched fumble by Hunter Lipke and Dallas's offensive line just having a huge breakdown for Tua to be losing this game by like one point. It's like Dallas. Dallas has played pretty Dallas has kind of been Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde offensively like two great offensive drives and then one huge fumble on their first drive and then a really really bad drive on their third drive and it's just but they're winning the game barely but it's just it's just like ah, man two of missing Devon Achan right there when he's wide open is just the perfect representative of like why I'm somewhat skeptical on Tua because it's just like he should have hit him in stride perfectly and he just he misses him completely. 
Anyways, Detroit, for the first time in like 30 years, gets their divisional crown. They will have a home playoff game in Ford Field since 19-something, since like 1990-something. It's been almost three decades. And they deserve it. I've been super skeptical on Dan Campbell. It is weird, though, that Detroit is 11-4. and Like, Detroit is still kind of hanging around the one seed of the conference. I mean, they have to beat Dallas, and they have to play whoever they're going to play here in the next couple weeks. But it's like Detroit has shockingly put together a very, very reasonable, not reasonable, but like great record here at like 11 wins. I don't think they're like Dallas or the Eagles, but still they've put together a really, really solid performance here. God, as I'm watching that god-awful TV show, Farmers Want a Wife. Farmer Wants a Wife. I can't believe that it got... What is it? It got like, um, it got greenlit for a second season. It's like, this is the garbage that major networks have to put on or not have to, but put on. Jesus Christ, save me, save me. Oh my God. Anyways, Detroit wins their division. Barely, I might add, barely. Today. I mean, it wasn't like they were going to not win their division, but this game today wasn't as a yikers. Nick Mullins, four interceptions on the day, two touchdowns, 22 of 36 for 411 yards. Of course, Justin Jefferson pops off for 141. KJ Osborne, another 95. TJ Hawkinson, 58. And this is kind of the issue with Detroit. Detroit, by the way, they did a great job stopping the run. Detroit really doesn't have a secondary. And against any team in the NFC, against any team in the playoffs, you need a corner. And they don't have any corners. And it's like, this game was a great game, but Nick Mullins had to help you so much in regards to that. I mean, Jesus Christ, he had four interceptions. And you probably had, what was it? I thought they were going to have a fumble. They did not have a fumble. But Minnesota, even after all that, still almost could have won the game if they scored a touchdown. They didn't. But, I mean, Minnesota scored a touchdown in every single quarter of the game, and it was a close game up until the final, literally, like, couple of minutes of it. It was just, I don't know. It's just Detroit, to me, has an obvious weakness, and that's their horrendous secondary. And every single team in the NFC, that's a great team. Dallas, the Eagles, and obviously the Niners, and even Seattle. They all have top-tier wideouts in Tampa Bay as well because they beat, uh, they're beat they beating Jacksonville. They all have top-tier wideouts, and it's just like you went up against the backup and you barely beat the backup. It's why it's like I looked at the Eagles weird last week when they lost against Drew Locke where I'm like, you lost to the backup and Drew Locke, who I wouldn't even consider to be a, a good quarterback. And it's like, I mean, like, I I get it. Like, James Bradbury, Darius Slay, they're not going up against backups. They're going up against DK Metcalf and Jackson Smith and the Jigba and those boys. But my God, it's like, can you, you as any team that's struggling to beat backups, like actually beat the teams that you're supposed to beat 
the players that you're supposed to beat? I don't know. Just a thought. As Dallas on really this opening drive that they have to try and get some help for Dak. They've essentially just ran the football twice, getting like eight yards. It's third and seven now. Now you need now you need to play here. Let's see what Dak has. They blitz. Dak gets pressured and sacked again. I mean, Dak just doesn't have any time. He knows it. Dallas knows it. He he literally dropped back and he's just like, hey, can I get um some pass protection, please? They blitz. And he can't even escape up into the pocket. And so they go and have a quick three and out. It just literally Dak can't do anything when he's getting hit this much. Or technically, he's not even getting hit. He's just getting pressured and then sacked. It's like he has nowhere to go. It's like, what, what is going on here? As Brian Anger boots it away. Okay. Miami will pick up. But Detroit wins. Miami, not Miami. Minnesota loses. Kirk Cousins was on an absolute heater before he tore his Achilles. And it's kind of like, if you're Minnesota, do you bring back Kirk Cousins or do you try and get somebody new? I mean, you're probably getting close to being eliminated from the playoffs. Do you bring in a veteran? Kirk Cousins is, I think, a free agent. I don't know. Minnesota is a is in a very weird predicament where they've kind of ostracized Kirk Cousins like slightly not significantly where they were they've made it known that they don't want him they've made it known that they don't want him but it's like well who is your best who's your who's the option to replace Kirk because Kirk really was on was on pace for an MVP type of season it's like who will replace him Hmm, I don't know but Minnesota's in trouble Miami keeps on running plays before, before like these long breaks for some weird reason, and it's it is kind of not going in their favor. As Tua tries like a fade down the left side, and he just misses him completely. He's just like, I just, I don't really get it. I don't really get why they're trying to run a play before these mandatory timeouts like the two minute break before the half I don't get it anyways Miami versus not Miami I keep saying Miami instead of Minnesota Minnesota versus the Lions Lions take it 30 to 24 in kind of an unconvincing win because really Minnesota should have won but they didn't and it happens sometimes Browns at Texans was a really fascinating game. Hold on. It's fascinating because the Texans were getting absolutely obliterated, like shell-shocked. They were getting destroyed for the majority of the game. And then they come back at the end of the game, and then the Browns pull away again. Amari Cooper had a phenomenal game. Today, 11 receptions, 256 yards, two touchdowns. Like, he was just a monster today. And the Texans really didn't have any, just any response for Amari. 
But, I mean, it's like, well, what do you kind of want Amari? Not Amari, but the uh, the Texans to do. But Davis Mills, I mean, Davis Mills had a Davis Mills game, 15 of 32, 149 for two touchdowns. Didn't they start Case Keenum? Yep. But he had two interceptions. Like, I do remember Case. I was like, how did how did they get in Davis Mills? But, yeah, Texans lost. They're still in the playoffs. Texans essentially just, they haven't had C.J. Stroud for two weeks. That's just probably the difference of them being, and technically speaking, they, they won last week. I don't know if they would have won this week the way that the Texans' defense played, but I think C.J. probably would have helped with their turnover differential which uh, two touch, not touchdowns, but two interceptions by Case obviously doesn't help their case. Get it? Get it? But yeah, no. Panthers versus Packers, 33 to 30. Packers, Panthers suck. Panthers are, they they had a way better game today. The Panthers with Bryce Young, this year are a disaster. They already fired their head coach of, I don't even want to say a year. It's technically less than a year. But they fired him. They fired Frank Wright this year, a couple of weeks ago. Bryce has his best game of the season, 312 yards, two touchdowns. He found DJ Chark a lot. What was it? DJ Chark had six receptions, 98 yards, two touchdowns. He needs another receiver, and he needs better pass protection. He needs a lot of help. Because he's getting none of it whatsoever. There have been times this year where I've watched the Carolina Panthers play. And I'm like, oh, Bryce is doing some really, really nice things. Bryce is, Bryce is able, as Micah Parsons gets mega held there. That should be a hold. And they don't give it to him. I don't know how that's not a hold. He gets mega held there. But, um, okay. All right. I'm just shocked that that's not a hold. I'm like, I mean, Micah gets held a lot and they don't call it, but I just, I don't understand how he doesn't get a call there. That's just, that's just weird. But regardless, DJ Chark pops off for Bryce. Bryce needs a lot of help. Uh, Chuba or Chuba Hubbard. 16 carries, 43 yards. Like, they aren't getting any production from practically any position, any explosive production. I mean, they got it from DJ Chark today, and that was the difference. But for the most part, Carolina doesn't get you any production. I mean, I watch Carolina play sometimes. I watch the Cowboys game, and it's just like they don't get any, any explosive plays. And it's just, I don't, I don't get it. I really don't. Which is ironic because they had two of the most explosive players in the league in Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore, and they traded both of them. So it was just like, eh, you know, now you're one of the most lackluster offenses, and your quarterback can't make up uh, huge plays by himself because he's a rookie, and you don't have any good offensive linemen, and you don't have any good weapons. It's just Carolina's a mess. Packers won it. I don't care about the Packers. The Packers are like an average team that really isn't supposed to be an average team because they've gone to the NFC Championship game multiple times uh, in the last couple of years with Aaron. They've had the league MVP, but, I mean, it it was practically all Aaron, but, you know, it is what it is. 
It's not it's not a good look for the Packers for them to be this bad without Aaron, to be honest with you. Maybe not this bad. They're average, but it's just like they just can't do anything as far as I'm concerned. And I'm not a huge Jordan Love guy myself, but Jordan Love had a nice day today. Seattle in kind of a weird game overall. 20 to 17, Seattle. Weird game in the sense of like they they're super efficient on third down, seven of thirteen, get twenty-one first downs. They allowed three sacks. That kind of explains it. But Seattle is just they barely beat Tennessee when Tennessee was playing Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. They barely beat them. And by the way, Ryan Tannehill only had 152 yards. Jesus Christ. Just so annoying. What am I watching? What's going on? Hold on. Something's going on with the Dallas Cowboys game. Where. Miami has to call a second timeout, which will be a penalty. Because the play clock was winding down. How's that not another timeout? I don't understand it. It's second and one for Miami. They're inside Dallas's territory again. They've been smoking Dallas's kind of crappy zone defense. I hate I hate this zone scheme that teams run at the end of the game and at the end of uh, quarters that give up huge, huge, huge yards. And that's exactly what Dallas has been giving up as Micah Oof. Micah literally gets a free release and he almost destroys Tua and Tua tries to find Cedric Wilson on a back shoulder fade. It goes in complete third and one. As Micah Parsons gets a roughing the passer call. Where? What? Micah gets a roughing the passer call, which is bullshit, as he gets held on, like, a rut. And he's furious because it's like, he's like, dude, I've been getting held all game, and the first call that you make is a roughing the passer call against me, and it's just, I don't know. I don't think that's roughing the passer at all. I think it's a fucking joke. Uh, gosh. Just ridiculous. Hold on. Even Dean Blandino is... Like, even Dean Blandino is like, yeah, like, uh, th- this is, that that foul was ridiculous. I just don't understand it. Even Dak is shaking his head. Dak's been sacked like three times today. He's like, that was bullshit. First and goal after the bullshit penalty, Tua drops back. Gets pressured. Raheem Mostert catches a one-handed grab. It's a touchdown. Absolute joke by the officials. 
bailed out Miami. What am I watching now? They're doing a touchdown celebration. I don't know why. I don't know what celebration they're doing. They just gathered a circle and hugged. But it was, that was a ridiculous call. Anyways, Seattle versus Tennessee. Geno Smith is playing. You would think that Geno Smith wasn't playing considering how close it was. And especially considering that Seattle scored all of their points in the fourth quarter. They scored six points in the second and third quarters those were like field goals and then they scored their 14 points in the fourth quarter essentially all of their points anyways i i i don't get geno smith i thought they were going to smoke the tennessee titans tennessee has like no business being anywhere near seattle in regards to just like play production whatever you want to call it they're a five and ten team that really that really should lose more games. They've been in some of their games, but they, they're just a very dysfunctional organization. And I have a very, very bad feeling that Tennessee will retain their head coach in Mike Vrabel, and they, uh, they will continue forward next season after really just... Essentially, Mike Vrabel's career as a head coach has been defined by how awesome Derrick Henry has been and he hasn't been awesome this season, to be honest with you, even though today he had 14, or not 14, 19 carries, 88 yards, 4.6 yards per carry, and a touchdown. But uh, he he's not popping off for like almost 200 yards, you know, every other game or every couple of games. It's just Derrick Henry's gotten older. It happens with running backs. It happens all the time. It's not something that should like, you know, that should be, that, that should be a surprise. But it is, it this is, the consequence of having your team be reliant on a running back, but also having that running back take a shit ton of hits and carries throughout the course of his career. And that's what Tennessee has done. They've used up Derrick Henry and he doesn't have a whole lot left, especially after this season. I was a bit shocked that they were refusing to trade Derrick Henry and um, by, or by the trade deadline. I was kind of shocked by it. But here we are. Tennessee still retains Derrick Henry. The trade of A.J. Brown still looks horrendous. Traylon Burks isn't very good. DeAndre Hopkins, I still think, is DeAndre Hopkins. I haven't really tapped in and tuned in to the uh, to his numbers. Let me just look at DeAndre Hopkins' numbers. Yeah, he had two carries or two receptions for 20 yards. He's at 939, so I... I still think like Derrick Henry is a really, really awesome player, but maybe not Derrick Henry. I DeAndre Hopkins, excuse me. I think DeAndre Hopkins is an awesome player, and I'm a bit shocked that people didn't want to get him. But especially when you look at his touchdowns, his touchdowns this year are a bit insane. It's like it's it's six touchdowns, nine hundred and thirty nine yards. He's got almost a thousand. He's got six touchdowns. I, I don't get it. It's weird for me. But Tennessee is a mess. Seattle is overrated. There's this interesting thing, and I was about to lead in with this, but there's this like interesting report that came out. I think it was against the Eagles or something like that, or against the team. Who did Seattle play against last week? I think it was against the Eagles, right? Or the Rams? Who did they play against? 
Yeah, it was against the Eagles. Apparently, they had um they were going to have Jamal Adams as like a healthy scratch. Jamal Adams is their you know, star safety that they traded for from the New York Jets, who is the only defensive back, ironically enough, with like seven sacks in a season. He's great at being able to rush the passer and kind of flex at that position, but he is terrible in coverage, the position that they keep playing him at. And they know that they, um, they being the, um, the Seattle Seahawks, they know that he's not very good in coverage. I don't know why they continuously like opt to play him as a coverage safety instead of as a box safety or whatever, or as somebody that blitzes or I, I don't know. It's just the fact that Seattle refuses to scheme their defense towards Jamal Adams when Jamal is essentially the best player on their team. I mean, it kind of, it's, it's deja vu because it was literally the exact same stuff that I was saying last year where I was like, why is he out in coverage? 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 Why isn't he rushing the passer? Why isn't he rushing the passer? Why isn't he rushing the passer? And it's just, I think it speaks volumes to how absolutely unequivocally dysfunctional Seattle is and their God awful pass, uh, pass defense scheme that just isn't working whatsoever. As I say that, they won another game literally by the exact same score, by the way. Last two weeks, they've won both games 20-17. to 17. But, man, oh, man. This offseason, let me Google Jamal Adams. Is he getting towards the end of his contract with Seattle? Let me see. He's got to be. He got signed like three, three years ago, something like that. So he's got to be getting close to the end or at nope, nope, nope. They cut him next year. He has $20 million in dead money. And then you save 6 million. You save 6 million next year if you want to cut him. But I mean, they gave him so many, so much guaranteed money, uh, money, excuse me, that literally if they cut him this year, they would have been in the red 19 million. Next year, they cut them. They're going to save $6 million, but the dead money on the cap will be $20 million. Which means that, like, dead money essentially means, like, he will still get paid $20 million by the Seattle Seahawks officially. And there's really nothing that they can do about it in that regard. It's kind of insane how, like, bad his contract is. For Seattle. It's insane. I've never seen anything like it. Maybe not I've never seen anything like it. But I'm just. I'm pretty stunned. At how badly structured it is. Where it's like all of the money. Where he he will be. He will have a cap hit next season. Of 26 million dollars. Which is insane. Insane. I mean that is. Practically like one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Like think of like Miles Garrett or TJ Watt or whomever. That's essentially how much money he's getting paid. It's kind of ridiculous. But yeah, Seattle, huge. I I don't want to say huge amounts of dysfunction, but like weird amounts of dysfunction. I mean, they almost beat the Cowboys a couple of weeks ago, but man, oh man, is it, um, is it head scratching what Seattle is doing right now? I don't really know what else to say about Seattle. 
Colts in a very weird game where Arthur Smith still keeps himself in relevancy within his division beat the Indianapolis Colts badly. 29-10. to Subbed in Taylor Heineke for Desmond Ritter. I kind of feel bad for Atlanta because in like three or four months, we're going to look back at what my, not Miami, excuse me, but what Atlanta has done this season. And we're going to be like, huh, uh, maybe they shouldn't have won all those games. And maybe they should have tanked more because they're not going to be in the quarterback running for any of the guys. They're not going to be in contention for any of the top tier players. And it's just, I don't really know what they're supposed to do this off season besides pray, I guess just like hope and pray, like something good happens for them, but I don't know. And then it's like, also you're going to extend Kyle Pitts, but his value is a little bit weird because it's like Kyle Pitts, I think is an awesome tight end, but he doesn't have anywhere near the numbers that you would want for a tight end that's supposed to be awesome. Plus, you may not have the coach for that as well. It's just, I don't know. As I'm watching all of these new Fox game shows, for some weird reason, Fox is just like, they're just like, we've, you know what I love about Fox now? Fox doesn't have like any original TV shows anymore that they're promoing. They're just like, hey, all we have is game shows. But apparently their game shows just go gangbusters, ratings-wise. Ratings-wise for cable television, but maybe not ratings-wise for like streaming services. But yeah, they're just like, yep, our, uh, our TV shows go gangbusters. You know what I mean? But, um, or our game shows go gangbusters, but really nothing else. It's just like, all right, it is what it is. Going back to Indianapolis versus Atlanta. Atlanta, up a creek without a paddle, no easy solution, no great way out of it. Indianapolis, though, is still hovering kind of a playoff spot here. Who do they play? I think they'll play up against, ironically enough, the Texans, right? Yep. Sunday, January 7th. Next week, they go up against the Raiders, but January 7th is essentially what will decide if they can get into the playoffs after having a really, really nice run until running into Atlanta, which that's just, that's just weird. As I'm looking at my local news, giving me local news things, they're telling me they're telling me like, um, what is it? They're telling me like no local news stuff. Apparently somebody robbed a bank. Which I look at that and I'm just like, somebody robbed a bank? Why would you rob a bank? Like it's so easy to find the people who rob banks. Like I, I don't even know how you would rob a bank. You can't wear suspicious clothing into a bank. Like you have to put down your hoodie and stuff like that. You can't wear like a baseball cap or whatever for that reason. It's like... Banks are so secure and they have silent alarms like out of all this isn't Ocean's 8 and this isn't like the o, or Ocean's 11. I think that's what it, the movie is called. This isn't like the early 2000s. Like you can't just walk into a bank and be like, give me all your money and get away with it. Jesus Christ. Not to say that you could ever get away with it, but it's like it's 
drastically harder to get away with it. I don't... Why would you rob a bank? Sorry. <clears throat> Anyways. Jacksonville versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is going practically the about as uh about the exact same way that it was going before I stopped talking about it or before I went back and forth between the Cowboys and all the games that play that were played earlier on today. I mean, it's 30 to 0. It's 30 to 0 bottom of the third quarter. It's literally like what happened with the Cowboys last week where the Cowboys got shredded and there was absolutely no hope for the Cowboys and then Trevor or somebody also lost a fumble. Trevor's been sacked three times. It's not been a very good outing for Jacksonville. And it shows on the box score, 30-0. to zero. Yikes. Cowboys versus the Dolphins, 7-13. to 13. Dolphins will receive the kickoff after I watch a bunch more fucking ads. I don't know why the fuck I'm... I don't know why Fox is allowed to show off this many ads while I'm watching a football game. I mean, watching football now annoys the crap out of me whenever I can't fast forward through all these damn ads. Why am I watching so many ads? This is like, I love football, but football is so annoying because it's one of the only sports where I have ad, 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 and then like a tiny bit of game. It's ridiculous. Anyways. Cardinals at Bears, 7-21. Bears, Cardinals are not as scrappy as I once thought they were. They should be better. Kyler definitely should be better, but they aren't. They aren't playing anywhere near the level that they should be playing at. And Kyler is 10 for 17 for 85 yards and a touchdown. Really low penalties, no fumbles. No, like only one sack for the Cardinals that they allowed and then no interceptions. I don't know why the Cardinals are just getting smoked the way that they are. But Justin Fields, oh, that's why. Cole Komet has four receptions, 107 yards. And then Khalil Herbert has had eight carries, 62 yards, 7.8 yards per catch and a touchdown. It's like all of the Bears players for the most part outside of DJ Moore have had a very explosive day, all of them. So... I'm like, oh, that's why the Bears are dominating this game because they have 99 bajillion yards based on like very, very simple plays. As again, I'm, I'm still, you want to know what? I, I, I don't know how long I've been just waiting for this game's halftime to be over with, but it's been a long ass time. I'm like, when am I going to get back to watching football? Jesus Christ. I just want to get back to it as they're now it's like halftime is over with and now they're going to give me the game back now they're going to allow me to watch football thank you by the way thank you for allowing me to watch football again I appreciate you Fox Fox really does have the worst broadcast ever like Joe Buck Troy Aikman really carried that broadcast and now it's like I gotta listen to Boring, bland, Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhardt. It's just like, talk about put me to sleep, man. Oh my God. 
Meanwhile, it's like Nickelodeon has the CBS has the Nickelodeon stream that I'll be watching literally instead of whatever broadcast will appear on the Super Bowl. And on top of that, at the very least, ESPN has their alternate broadcast and Amazon has their Prime Vision stuff. I don't like the Amazon broadcast because the games suck. But my God, man, Greg Olson, Kevin Burkhart, yuck. As they're showing me, Dak has only thrown the football nine times, but that's probably because he's also ran it for a lot more and also gotten sacked for a lot more. I mean, to give you context, Tua has thrown the football 22 times. Dak has thrown it nine times. That's because his offensive line is playing like garbage. Even Zach Martin gave up a like a like a rush. It was the unnecessary roughness against Dak Prescott that caused their drive. I think their fourth, maybe fifth drive to be extended. It was their fourth drive, I think. It was that unnecessary roughness play on Watkins, but it didn't uh it didn't go anywhere. It was like Dallas had essentially two three and outs. It's not very good. Not very good at all. Dallas is Essentially a one-possession game. They're in a one-possession game. All they got to do is score a touchdown. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Not only are they tied with the Dolphins, they're technically beating the Dolphins. Anyways. Let me see. I'm like, what else? You know what? This will be the final podcast today. It's it's Christmas Eve, and I don't want to watch the Denver Broncos versus the Patriots. I don't want to watch that game. I don't want to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. Sorry. And apparently it's going to be on the NFL network for some weird reason. Is it really going to be on the, if it's like, regardless, I'm not watching that game. <laughs> I'm like, regardless, I'm not, I'm not watching that game. I'm not watching Denver versus. Yeah. I think it will. Be, yeah. It's on the NFL network. Okay. NFL. Okay. Let me complain about this for a couple of minutes. Pro tip NFL. Stop having so many different ways to watch your game. Right. Having, like, it's different for the Manning cast, but nobody is like, man, you know what I'm really excited to watch? The Denver Broncos versus the New England Patriots on Sunday Night Football on the NFL Network. Nobody's excited for that. I'm not excited for that. I don't want to watch that crap. Have your games. It's it's like, it's cool that all of these networks and all of these broadcasts are trying to find alternative ways to broadcast their games but at the exact same time it's like i don't want to go to like nine different spots to get one game you know what i mean people were complaining about it yesterday where they were like i have to have prime vision to watch the thursday night games first and foremost why are you watching the thursday night games they're terrible i have to watch them because i talk about them and i cover them but i don't want to watch the majority of them that's for sure and sometimes to be honest with you i don't I'm like, I will not watch Thursday night games if they're not interesting. And there are some that are, and then there are some that aren't. Ironically enough, I think I've watched, like, I did watch, (laughs) I did watch the Saints and the Rams somewhat. I, like, turned it on a little bit, and then I kept it on a little bit, but then I didn't watch it. And then it's hard for me to recollect, remember, if I watched games or not. But I, I know the results. I know the results. It's just Thursday night football games are very bad. It's like they're in the middle of the week. Teams don't want them. Broadcast 
don't really want them as well, like broadcast outside of Amazon. Amazon is like, we want to have a spot. What is Tua doing? Throws it away on third and nine. But broadcasters are like, we got to have spots. We got to have, not spots, but we got to have like, we want we want to broadcast NFL games and we believe our way into broadcasting NFL games is through getting and having Thursday Night Football. But it's just like, it's Thursday Night Football, so I'm very good. But anyways. Oh, man. Peacock on, I was about to say Peacock on Amazon, but yesterday's game, the Bills versus the Chargers on Amazon was not very good. Or not on Amazon, on Peacock. People were bitching and moaning about how they weren't going to watch it. I was one of those people. I was like, I don't want to watch this game on on Peacock, and I'm not even going to look up how to get it. But I did have the box score up and watching some highlights here and there. As Miami essentially goes three and out, pretty much. And Dallas will start at their own, like, three or four yard line as special teams kind of screw screw it up a little bit. Dallas's offense needs to do something. They need to pass protect. They got to help out Dak. Dak was absolutely killing the uh, the freaking the defense of the Dolphins, but he just isn't getting any damn time. He's getting hit on every single damn play. Can he get some pass protection, please? Anyways, oh man, it's ironic, it's like, there's some really good Christmas games, like the Raiders and the Chiefs tomorrow, Giants at Eagles, Ravens at Niners, I am a little bit fatigued when it comes to football, you know, I would have rather had all these games be played today or yesterday, rather than have them be played tomorrow, you know? Because I've had to watch football essentially every single day. And it's not a bad thing. It's just like the quality of games isn't there. You know what I mean? It's not special to have these holiday games there. Like there's some games with some teams where they will show up for holidays. Like Dallas will show up for Thanksgiving games. Like it's very rare that Dallas plays a bad game on Thanksgiving. It's not only that I want games on holidays if it can be helped. But I want better games on holidays. I don't want more games. If you're going to have a Christmas Day game, or if you're going to have Christmas Day games, make it a game instead of games. I don't like, like, do you want, like, I don't want to, the Giants versus the Eagles is a very important game. That's gooberly important. Specifically for the Eagles and their chances of going and being the one seed, and also kind of losing the one seed as well in their division. The one seed in the conference and the one seed in their division could be lost tomorrow if they lose to the Giants. It could happen. I hope it happens. I don't think it happens. I think I just changed my game day pick because I think I had them beating the Giants, beating the Eagles, but it's just like, eh, that's wishful thinking. I think the Giants lose to the Eagles, but it's just, eh. It's just, I don't want to watch that game, but it is important. It's like the Texans versus the Browns today. It's like, this is a important game, but it is a game I don't want to watch. Ironically enough, I did watch a bit of it, but, you know, it is what it is. It's just, there's certain football games that are important, that interest me, that are good, 
And then there's other ones where I'm just like, oh my God, this is going to be bad. It's second and nine for Dallas. They try and run it. It's They started their drive at like the two. And now Dak in his own end zone again has to deal with a blitz. Oh my God, almost gets destroyed. Got it away in time. I mean, just a bad read. He sends the back out. And it's just, eh. Tries to give it to Jake Ferguson, and Jake comes out of his break, and then Dak almost gets obliterated. It's third and nine. Dallas is in danger once again in their own territory of getting uh, getting three and out here. Dak is going to have to make a big boy play. Third and nine. Bang. Play action. Dak throws it away. Incomplete. He has to throw it away. Jesus fucking Christ. Every single play, he's getting just fucking pressured. My God. And it came from the inside, too. It's a stunt, which is ironic because Dallas runs a crap ton of stunts themselves. How is that not roughing the passer? The ball's away. If you're going to call it on Micah Parsons, call it when they freaking hit that Prescott. Yeah, um, Dallas has to figure some stuff out. I mean, their offensive line is just getting obliterated right now. They've got to figure something out. As Anger, one of the best punters in the uh, in the league, thank God, not only punts it incredibly far, but also punts it incredibly out of bounds. My God, uh, you don't need a return at all here if you're Dallas. Seven to thirteen is still the score. <clears throat> for this game. 11 minutes, 53 seconds left. Feels like we're one or two plays away from this game kind of being wrapped up. The Cowboys versus the Dolphins. It's like if the Cowboys, I mean, it's going to be hard for them to score twice, especially the way that their offensive line is playing, which is essentially non-existent. But Cowboys, they score twice I think and if they score two touchdowns I don't think they score two touchdowns they, if they, but if they do I think it's going to be hard for Miami to make a comeback against that two has been off all day it's not that Dak has been off all day it's just that Dak has been ridiculously pressured all day I mean they ran it twice they ran it once they threw it twice and on both plays he's getting pressured It's just, it's just not good. As I'm watching the Willy Wonka movie. Is that movie any good? I wanted to go see it. Wonka. I wanted to go see that. Yeah. It's got 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got 90% at an audience score. So yeah. I don't know. It's cooking. It's cooking. Mm-mm-mm. Let me try and see something. Did anyone report? That Tyron Smith is out? No, nobody reported it. I don't get it. It's like the most important player on the Dallas Cowboys offensive line outside of Zach Martin. And they're like, eh, not going to report it. Anyways. 
as I kind of just looking through some stuff on Twitter. It is about that time that bowl games, college football bowl games, are about to start up again. I haven't watched any of it because it's just uninteresting. It's like bowl games, again, bowl games are participation trophies. I don't care about bowl games. But um, as C.D. Lamb and Mike McCarthy are talking, Dak is involved as well. They're trying to figure something out. CD is probably like, look, I, I need I need some receptions. Just throw it to me short. Give it to me shallow. Give me the ball sha- in a shallow crosser or something. I already have a touchdown that went for like 60 yards. Just like help me out a little bit. Maybe not 60, but like 40, 50. First and 10 for Miami. 40-yard line. They motion Smythe, the tight end, once and twice. And then they motion Alec Ingold again. And then it's a quick pass to Tyreek Hill for first down inside Dallas territory. And then, oh my God, Tyreek Hill does the CD Lamb thing. They're playing like 10 yards off of Tyreek Hill. Because it's kind of like you kind of have to. Because Tyreek Hill has been phenomenal this season. How many yards does he need to break the uh, the record, the 2000 record? I don't think he gets it. He has to have like one ridiculous game again. Like he has to have like a 200 yarder. I don't think he has it against the Cowboys. But he has to have like one just just huge game. Oh no, he's not going to get it. He's not going to get it. He's at like 1500 yards right now and he's got two more games left. And so these next two games he has to average like 200 yards while also getting 100 yards this game. So it's just like, no, he's not going to get it. It's hard. It's like he had a bunch of games early on in the season where he had like almost 200 a couple of times. And then it's just like, it's just, it's, it's difficult. Either he was hurt or just kind of the way that they were playing. It's just, he can't necessarily get like a shit ton of yards all the time. Or not 100, but like 200 yards all the time. As Dallas's defense, yet again, is giving up huge, huge... They're dropping Micah Parsons in coverage? I was like, why is Micah Parsons out in coverage? And it's just like, they're trying everything. Dallas's defense is trying everything to stop Miami. And they kind of have. It's just Dallas's offensive line hasn't played very well. It's third and one at the 32? What is it? 30... 32? Of Dallas. Tua. In the gun. They motion Tyreek. Pitch play to Raheem Mostert and he doesn't get it. Do you go for it here if you're Miami? To add insult to injury? Or do you just roll with getting three points? I think you take the three. Your defense has been killing Dallas's offense. Yeah, they're taking the three. As they should, yeah. It's like your defense has been killing Dallas's offense. You already missed it when, not missed it, but you didn't get it when you went for the three-point conversion. Demarcus Lawrence has to get through three people to make that play. He doesn't make the play, but he disrupts it enough where somebody else can come in and make the tackle. Fourth and three, 50-yard, 54-yard attempt. And he hits it. 16-7. Weirdly enough, with how kind of quick some of these drives have been, 
for both teams, by the way, there's a ridiculous amount of time left for one team to win it or to one team or one team to lose it. There's like eight minutes, 50, 54 seconds left or 50 something seconds left. It's kind of ridiculous how much time is left. Excuse me. But um, they got to do something about their offensive line because, my God, Dallas's offensive line is playing like garbage today. Got to do something. As I get, you motherfucking guessed it, more ads. Oh, gosh. Let me stand up. I'm so bored. Just so fucking bored. My God. I get another commercial for beer. For Upper Light. By the way, I went to a liquor store the other day. I'm mega sober. Hold on. I'm like mega sober. Mega sober being like I haven't drunk or smoked anything in like since 2016. So seven, almost eight years now. I've been completely sober and, uh, I wasn't like an alcoholic or whatever. I just, I was just like, eh, this is going to cause problems for me later on in life if I don't get a handle on it. But I go, but I've, I go into a liquor store, right? New liquor store just opened up probably a couple of days ago or a week ago. I walk in, it's like 10 o'clock and it's bumping. I mean, degenerates are out in droves. Trying to get whatever liquor, like browsing the shelves like they're in, you know, a grocery store for liquor. I'm like, I'm like, I, like it's, is, and it was just a normal, it was like for the holidays. It's just a normal day. People were in the store browsing for booze. I get this. And the reason why I was in a liquor store was, yes, I was there to buy liquor. And I bought this, uh, this Black Heart premium spiced rum. I bought it. And it's not for me to drink or anyone else to drink, even though it is the holidays. The reason why I bought, and it is, how many ounces are in this thing? It is, it is a gigantic bottle. How much is in it? I mean, I, again, I, I'm sober. I haven't bought, I mean, I've bought vodka, but the reason why I bought vodka was for the exact same reason. The reason why I bought this gigantic bottle of spiced rum is because, hold on. I wanted to make vanilla extract and you have to have like a liquor with a high proof. A high proof means like a high alcohol content. And I think like vodka and rum have like 80 to 70%. It's like you can get massively drunk off of this stuff. Anyways, Dak is back on onto the football field. Offensive line has not played well whatsoever. Dak, to his credit, has made a ton of of really smart decisions by not having an interception or throwing the ball or hold on. Wait, there you go. It's Brandon cooks makes a nice catch pass protection holds up. But Dak, as I was saying before, has made a lot of smart decisions. The ball hasn't been put in harm's way. It's just Dak literally has been sacked 99 bajillion times today. And they get a nice, early completion. They've tried to run the football. That hasn't worked. It's second and four. You need a first down if you're Dallas to kind of keep hope alive. You also kind of want to burn time 
Because again, as much as the game favors you, as Dak takes a shot downfield for Tolbert, and he touches it. Oh my God! Back shoulder fade, Dak Prescott, absolute massive stones of steel. Those are fade for the second year man against the all pro Xavier Howard. Finally, we got some action. Oh my God. Dallas will start. I was like, they need a first down. It's first and 10 at the 24. Hand off to Tony Pollard and any. He... Oh my God. He bounces off of like two tackles. That gets the crowd juiced up. That gets Dallas juiced up. Jesus Christ. That, that fucking Jalen Tovert. Oh my God. That's why he's the fucking MVP. That's why he's the MVP. I was about to say Tony Pollard just got tackled for a loss and he bounces off of, like, first and foremost, he trucks his own tackle and Terrence Steele and he gets, he slips a tackle off Bradley Chubb. They're about to rush three. Dak, take your shot now. They rush four. Screen. Michael Gallup. No good. Bradley Chubb, never mind, was on the field. I didn't work. Third down now. Um, I, I would try and get the ball to CeeDee Lamb, but they've probably doubled him up all game. Third and 11. Let me see. Bradley Chubb was all over it. Poor blocking downfield. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Third and 11. They're showing me they got Lamb versus Jalen. Dak in the pocket. Maybe gets a hold, but Dak has a long way to go for a first down and he gets it. But it may be coming back. What's going on? Let me see it. Dak gets out of the pocket, evades the rush, gets the first down, but it's probably coming back because it's a hold. It's like the offensive line just can't get out of their own way. Huge play, huge explosive play. Illegal shift? On the offense. What? It's an illegal shift on... On CeeDee Lamb. What? Oh, gosh. The officials are just so annoying. Just a obnoxious penalty against Dallas that the refs just gave them. Third and 16 now. Dak, deep drop back. Pumps, checks it back to somebody who was underneath, Tony Pollard, trying to make a manageable field goal. That'll fly. As Brandon Aubrey, one of the best in the business, will go out again. It's like it wasn't on Dak. CD and Mike McCarthy is in the face of the official. Because the official told CD Lamb to step back, and apparently you can't have two members of your team moving when you're doing a motion. And so the official tells CD Lamb to step back, which he does, and then Jake Ferguson is across, is running across on a motion, 
and then they get him on that penalty. And I'm like, well, if if you if you know that he's going to draw the penalty, why would you make that fucking call, you fucking idiot? It's so annoying just how bumbling and stumbling around the officials can be on basic stuff. My God. Dallas hits the field goal. It's it's very annoying. Dallas is putting pressure on Tua. Huge play. Awesome play by Jalen Tolbert as well, but... Huh. Couldn't cash in for six. Kind of need to on one of these next drives here to really, really set yourself apart from Miami. But Dallas is probably fine with just inking out a win away. Especially when their defense has actually played really well today. They've kind of contained Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. They've kind of contained the running game. Tua has also had an off day, but he's been productive as well. If you're Dallas's defense versus what happened last week against Buffalo, you're feeling pretty good about yourself, but your offense, because of the pass protection, is lagging behind. Dak Prescott has, of course, balls of steel, and he takes a huge shot downfield because he's like, fuck it, he's down there somewhere. Let me throw it up. Let me find a way. And... We don't have Tom Brady anymore in the league, which that really sucks. But Tom, what made him so fucking awesome is that he would find a way to win. And in the case of Dallas and Dak Prescott, Dak has to find a way to win as well. As really nothing has changed across the league either. Jags are still down by huge margins. And also the Cardinals, I mean, they're still down. But I mean, you want to know what's weird? Dallas in the Cardinals game, I mean, they played at the exact same time, but they started at the exact same time, I think, but the Cardinals have like five minutes left in the third quarter. Dallas has five minutes as well left in the third quarter as well, and I mentioned that to say a lot of time for both teams to go out and win both games. Cardinals are down by 11 points. Dallas is only down by six. Got to win this game for both teams, or technically Dallas has to win this game to be in relevancy for the one seed in the conference. Cardinals have to win this game. Or not Cardinals, but the Bears have to. No, no, neither one of these teams have to win either game. The Cardinals and the Bears are out of the playoffs. I think, like, the Bears are actually eliminated from the playoffs as well as the Cardinals. Oh, no, the Cardinals definitely are eliminated from the playoffs. But it is what it is. Man. Dallas needs something. They need a huge stop here. Five minutes, 28 seconds to, seconds left in the third quarter. Dallas needs a huge, huge drive on defense here. Hold on. Hold on. He was set when he... Oh my God, that's such a bullshit call. That's such a horseshit rule. I mean, they call they were going to call offsides on CD Lamb. They tell him to get back. CD does, but then Jake starts his pre-snap motion, and it's just like, like, oh gosh, I just the officials are just obnoxious. They really are. As Tua finds Tyreek Hill for another first down. 
on the first play from scrimmage. And it looks like it's just a curl. And he kind of shakes Deron Bland because Deron thinks that it's not going to be a stop route. But he still kind of, he gets turned around, to be honest with you. First and 10, 42, 43-yard line of Miami. If I was Tua, I would try and try Deron Bland even more because it just, as Tua almost fumbles the ball, but then finds Smythe for a first down. Like, he bobbles the snap, he rolls left, Dallas just loses Smythe again in coverage. I don't even know how they lose him that badly, but they lose him again. It's like, how does that even happen? How do you lose him twice? How do you lose him when Tua fumbles the football? I don't know. First and 10, 420 as Mike, as Mike McDaniel looks on as if he is high. Miami, Tua in the gun, motion Smythe, play action, rolls left, takes a shot downfield, incomplete. Deron Bland was all over it. He was all over it. Second and 10. As Mike McDaniel, this isn't good for Miami. Like, it, I mean, it's good for Miami if they score a touchdown here because they're already inside Dallas's territory. But at the exact same time, you're like, you're, you're off, your defense is behind, right? Or not your defense is behind, but your offense is, is like, is um, is, your team is winning the game. Your head, your defense has essentially just had a short rest if you get off the field right here. And it looks like they are going to get off the field here. And the clock doesn't stop. He's moving forward. Jalen Waddle may have banged up his ankle because he's now having to hobble off of the field and limp off the field. Hopefully Jalen's all right. I mean, he gets poked in the eye. What happens? Ooh, kind of gets his ankle rolled up underneath him. And he's hobbling back to the sideline. But if you're the Dolphins, right, it's not great if, I mean, this isn't great. This is like, this isn't a worst case situation, but it is a bad situation because once again, oh, wait, it's third, it's third date. I don't know why I thought it was fourth down. I thought it was fourth down. Sorry. But your defense is about to step out onto the football field, right? And... A couple of minutes, right? If your offense scores again, you want your offense to score a touchdown, not a field goal. But if your offense doesn't score a touchdown and your defense has to go out onto the football field again, all that speed and power that they've had against Dallas's defense or Dallas's offensive line has kind of evaporated on that last drive. They didn't get Dak Prescott as soon as the ball was snapped. It took him a little bit longer. And now it's like you're going to have to send them back out again to try and stop Dallas. You're probably going to come away with a field goal, so it's going to be a three-score game or two-score game. Excuse me. But you're not necessarily juiced up about uh, having to send out your defense again. And I think it will be a long field goal, potentially. It'll be like a 50-something yarder. It won't be a 58, but it'll be well within your kicker's range. As to uh, finds Tyreek Hill for another first down. Again, never mind. Drive is alive. And Tyreek's going insane. And he just shakes Stefan Diggs or Stefan Gilmore. And Donovan Wilson, who is playing, who is doubling up on Tyreek, 
I mean, he's there a split second too late. You got to jam Tyreek. And he kind of does, but he loses him off the line. First and 10 at the 20. Now, Miami, pitch play. Gets five. So Micah is slow to get up. Second and five. I love it when everything that I just talked about just gets evaporated completely. Or not evaporated, but becomes useless as Jalen Waddle is now really limping. Raheem Mostert is off the field. They're at Dallas's 15-yard line, second and five. Dallas's defense needs to stop. They send Tyreek Hill in motion, and he gets almost tackled. And then in the backfield, he gets almost obliterated in the backfield. Jesus Christ. It was a jet sweep. They take it, and Tyreek Hill almost gets obliterated, I think, by Demarcus Lawrence. Yep, and he just shoots it. Bang. Misses the tackle. But he, again, sets up an awesome play for the defense of the Cowboys. I was like, oh, my God. Third and seven. Tua. Motion's 23. Now they have Micah and Demarcus Lawrence on the same side of the field. And they triple team. Fade. Too strong for Cedric Wilson. Incomplete. Fourth down, they're going to punt it. Or not punt it, but they're going to kick the field goal. Yeah. Let me see it. It's like a 20-yarder. Dallas's offense has to score a touchdown here. I mean, they don't have to. They can. They need to score points. They have to get a field goal. You would like a touchdown. And then Dallas's defense needs another stop as well. As he hits it, yeah. This kicker's... This kicker's balls... <laughs> they curve a lot, man. These kicks that he's trying to make, man, they curve. They curve like right, left. They curve and then they straighten out. It's very weird. As Jalen Waddle now has to go back to the locker room. But they curve and then they straighten out and it's just... It's a very, very weird football that he kicks, man. It really is. They're showing me the NFC playoff picture, and it's they show... Look, Dallas has already clinched their playoff berth. The same thing goes with the Eagles. They've both clinched. But, um, I mean, it's... Dude, it's insane. Insane, insane, insane. Like, how close the one seed is. Dallas is a game behind the 49ers. The 49ers have to lose tomorrow and then next week or the week after to have a shot. Dallas ha- or that has to happen for Dallas to have a shot at the one seed in the conference. But my God, man. It's like to think that the one seed may come down to who can win like 13, 14 games is like, it's insane. And there are teams that are kind of in that position. Like the 49ers, the Eagles a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it is it is a bit insane how many games you have to win to get the one seed when, like, at times it can be 12 to 13. And now it's, like, 14. You have to win 14 games definitively 
to get the one seed. And now it's just like, eh, you know, if you win 14 games or if you win like 12 games, you may be the three seed, which is insane. First and 10, one minute, 24 seconds left. At Dallas's 25, Dak hands it to Tony Pollard. Tony gets like three yards. This does feel like a playoff game too. Huge game, huge implications. Everybody's been bitching and moaning about how Dallas doesn't win on the road. And it's like Dallas hasn't played that great on offense, especially because of their offensive line. It's second and seven now. I would figure out some way to fucking... I mean, CeeDee Lamb has 93 yards. I don't think it's CeeDee Lamb's fault. In the first quarter, he has 93 yards. I think it's more so the offensive line and how bad they've been pass protecting for him. And then CeeDee's probably been getting doubled up here. Second and seven. Dak. Quick throw to Jake Ferguson. It's low. It's caught for first down. I I mean, Dak... Dak fits this football into, like, the tightest of tight windows. Jake is getting draped with defensive linemen. And they Dallas even wants to be like, you know what? Miami wants to do it. We'll do it as well. We'll run a play before the, first, before the third quarter ends. And Jake Ferguson gets another first down as well. As Dallas, again, right? It's what I was saying earlier, where it's like, yeah, you know, Miami, they scored again. They went down the field. They scored a field goal. Dallas's defense does a great job at keeping it at a field goal, even though you wanted them to not, obviously, score. On one of the next drives, Dallas's defense really needs to stop. But if you're the offense for the Cowboys, you're like, you know what? We took our lumps. Dak got sacked a bunch of times. He got hit a bunch of times. But Dallas is still kind of in it. And their offense, again, has sped up. Miami's defense has slowed down because it's not two quarters or one quarter or whatever. It's four quarters. And usually defensive linemen, as the game goes on, they get slower and slower and slower. As I'm watching a bunch of ads because sweet Mary of Joseph, I'm in the, uh, I'm getting fucking ads because it's fucking, uh, it's fucking the end of the third quarter. Jesus Christ. As what what's going on with the Jacksonville game? Is Trevor like what is Trevor doing? He's lost two fumbles. <laughs> like he's either lost two two fumbles or let me look it up here. Da, 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 da. Third quarter. They don't show turnovers on Google's on Google's um, scoring summary, which kind of sucks because it's like turnovers are mega important, but they don't show it. But there's been four turnovers for Jacksonville, and it looks like it. And unlike the Chargers, they're not going to lose off of it. It's insane. But <clears throat> interestingly enough, right, I was kind of mentioning it a little bit before it went to break, commercial break. Game feels like a playoff game. Because both of these teams, I mean, they need this win. Dallas needs this win. Miami needs, Dallas needs this win to essentially get the one seed in their division. Miami needs this win to get the one seed in the conference. They've already, they've probably, they're more likely than not going to clinch their division. They haven't clinched it now, but they have or probably will if they win this game. Buffalo is the closest team and Buffalo is probably too far behind them. And Buffalo also has to go up against Miami soon. What? 
Where's the game that's going to be played? The final game of the season? Let me look it up. I'm looking up the final Miami game here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're going to go up to Baltimore next week, but they'll play against the Bills <clears throat> in Miami. And so it's just like, yep. That's uh, that's probably a game that they'll win. Anyways, going back to the game. First and 10, 46-yard line of Dallas. Dak in the gun. Bang, they snap it to it. Potentially a false start against the left tackle, but nope. They don't count it. Dak runs. Slide Dak. He doesn't slide. He gets 20 yards. He's like, I'm done getting sacked. I want my first downs. I want my damn first downs. I thought it was, I mean... I thought it was a false start against the left tackle. Apparently it's not. He was trying to fit it into CD Lamb, but CD CD was covered. They gotta find they gotta find a way to get the ball to CD in a screen. Give him something. Give the man something. My God. First and ten. Pitch played. There you go to CD Lamb. He gets the edge. He finds the edge. And he gets like eight yards. Six, seven, eight yards, somewhere around there. Maybe not eight. Like six. Showcasing off how many explosive plays both teams have. Dallas has five. Miami has five. Keep in mind, I mean, again, this game is close. Dallas should be Dallas should kind of be winning this game. Because once again, right? Dallas missed out on hold on. Play action. Second and five. Dak looks. Incomplete as somebody was coming off the edge. About to destroy Dak. But if Hunter Lipke doesn't doesn't fumble the ball at the one yard line. Dallas is up 17-19. Then they hit this field goal or they get this touchdown. Bada bing, bada boom, they're winning the game. But, again, small margins. Can Dallas overcome a huge and horrendous turnover by Hunter Lipke, who's kind of in the doghouse a little bit? But we'll see what happens. Third and five. They snap it to Dak. Dak, clean pocket. He throws. Incomplete Michael Gallup. Or not Gallup. Brandon Cooks. Pass interference. Xavier Howard. Let's see. <clears throat> Let's see what's going on. Dak throws it to Brandon Cooks. I think he was looking for Jake Ferguson. But it's incomplete. Mike McDaniel is... <laughs> He is not happy right now. He is not happy. Oh, my God. Let me see this. They're showing Jake Ferguson. Jake gets... Yeah, that's a hold. I mean, it's really... There's like two holds on Brandon Cooks and on Jake Ferguson. And they double up Jake Ferguson on that on that play, too. So, it's really, really interesting to see how some of these teams are trying to attack into Dallas. It's like... There's times where, for example, on that play, they doubled up on Jake. On other plays, they'll double up on CD. It's very interesting. First and 10. Dak? God, man. Quick strike. Jalen Tolbert for like five yards when he's guarded against Jalen fucking Ramsey. Dude, I love Dak Prescott! Jesus Christ. Dak is like, I'll throw it to anyone, anytime, any place, any day of the week. I'll throw it against Jalen. I'll throw it against Xavier Howard. I'll throw it to Jalen Tolbert, a second-year player, pretty much a rookie, to essentially two of the best DBs in the NFL, as Tony Pollard can't even 
barely get one yard on second down. I would I would try something with C.D. Lamb here. Dallas kind of needs a touchdown. I don't think they have to go for it on fourth down just yet. I think I think on that next drive, if they can't get a touchdown, I think you do have to go for it on fourth down here. But you really, really are like burning for a touchdown. Third and three here for Dallas. They motion Rico probably to help. Bang, they snap it to him. He's the outlet. Nope, Dak almost gets sacked. He throws it incomplete to Rico as he was pressured again. I think if Rico ran like an out route or a stick route, Rico went up. I think if he ran an out route, and I mean the left tackle for Dallas, I don't, what the fuck is he doing? He lets Bradley Chubb get a free rush on his fucking quarterback. He's like, I got to take the inside. I'm like, don't take the inside. Take Bradley Chubb. Oh my God. And Brandon Aubrey boots it. It just, oh my God. It it makes me go fucking psycho to see that shit happen. Where it's like his left tackle literally is like, eh, eh. I don't want to block. And it's like, well, Dak, Dak can run away from a linebacker. He can't run away from Bradley Chubb if you don't do anything. He's like, let me bail on the linebacker. Let me bail on the free rusher. Let me make Bradley Chubb a free rusher again. It's like, what are you doing? Oh, Jesus Christ. 13-19 is the score. Dallas needs a touchdown on their next drive. It's 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter. You need a touchdown. You're probably going to have to go for it here on fourth down on your next drives. And they also need a stop, too, to make it not a 11-point game. As I'm getting more ads here. Looks like the Jacksonville Jaguars have some fighting them. They got some life. You know, a doctor had to bring out a defibrillator, you know, charge it up, and then shock Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars back into existence here because, my God, they finally put up two touchdowns here. Tried to go for the two-point conversion. Didn't work. They're still down by 18 points, but it's like, hey, you know, it's nice to know that they're not going to get, you know, shut out here in, um, on Christmas Eve. My God, that would be horrendous for them. Especially against the Bucks. Come on. Baker has played a nice game. Mike Evans has played a nice game. Rashad White, the running back. I mean, why don't you give it to him one more time? He has 19 carries for 39 yards. My God, he's been terrible today. But anyways, apparently the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are looking into bringing back Baker Mayfield. It's just like, okay, let's let's just make it Geno Smith 2.0. Yeah. And so the left tackle, I just, I don't understand it at all. Just doesn't understand his assignment and he almost gets his quarterback killed again. 
Tyron Smith is watching this and he's probably throwing up on a toilet in Dallas somewhere. My God. Greg Olson even shows one, two, three. There are one, two, three rushers for the Dolphins. The left tackle, one, two, three. There's three offensive linemen trying to block, and he's just like, yeah, you know, I'll just let Bradley Chubb just have a free rush and ruin the fucking drive. Oh, my God. It's like watching Chaz Green out there. Oh, my God. Chaz Green is a was a notoriously horrific offensive lineman for the Dallas Cowboys in 2017 that came in for Tyron Smith, and he was, I mean, he was god-awful, just missing blocks and missing assignments, and it's like this guy is literally Chaz Green. I've... I was like, I will never see another offensive lineman get my quarterback killed the way that Chaz Green got my quarterback killed. And it's like, nope. Nope. Six years later, I'm reliving it in a absolutely huge monster game. Tua, 20 of 31, 262, one touchdown, toss play to Raheem Mostert, who gets like six, seven yards on the play. My God. Or technically, that's Devon A-Chain, who is weirdly hurt a lot. Like, weirdly, shockingly hurt. <clears throat> Second and three. Twelve minutes left. Tua and the gun. Flank left. Devon A-Chain. Motion Cedric Wilson. Bang, they snap it to him. Tua looks for Tyree Kill. Incomplete. The short little... Short little speed out. Goes incomplete. Dallas needs this one to shut a lot of people up, man. They really do. Like, unbearably so. Especially that fumble on the one yard line like they really really need this win it's third down you have a shot your offense has played really decent in the second half they just haven't had a touchdown they snap it to Tua it looks like it's going it looks like it's a false start against the offense it's coming back they gotta start it again third and eight I'm seeing it. It's against the guard. And it is a false start. It's one Cotton. I've seen a lot of last names in my life. I don't think I've seen Cotton before. Third and eight. Dan Quinn, as always, wearing a backwards hat. Third and eight. Tua is telling the Cowboy fans in Miami to quiet down. That's not going to happen. They're going to give what it looks like Cedric Wilson a lot of space. Tua sacked. Gets dropped. Parsons. All the boys are back there. Oh, my God. As Dallas has a huge stop. Jesus Christ. It's like a stunt and a twist. They double Parsons. Dorrance Armstrong gets held as well. He slips. He trips. Fourth and 17. 
Cavante Turpin will get a awesome return. Maybe not. Just get out of bounds. And he does. I was like, he had a lot of time, a lot of space. He's juiced up. <sighs> Dallas, Dak Prescott is adjusting his... I was about to say ridiculously dirty, but semi-dirty towel that's covered in grass his entire jersey because of how many damn times he's been sacked is covered in grass, dirt, and paint, and probably a little bit of blood. CeeDee Lamb, I don't even remember if he's caught a reception yet. This half, screen out to Cavante Turpin. Turpin gets like four yards. Second down now. As Dak is 13 of 20. One touchdown, 197 yards. Took a lot of sacks, a lot of hits. Second and six. Dak has to do his job and get this touchdown. Second and six. Dak and the gun. Play action, deep drop. Dak running out of time. Checks it down. And Calvin Watkins starts talking a lot to Dak. And Dak just ran out of time. He has to get it away. I don't know what really the plan is for Dallas when Dak is pressured like this. He smartly throws it away. I mean, they run a stunt, twist, whatever. I mean, like, the left tackle just gets beaten horrendously. I mean, this guy is playing as bad as I have ever seen a tackle play. Just letting free rushers. I mean, like, this guy's going to get cut on Monday. My God, he's playing horrendously. Dak. Over route. CeeDee Lamb, first down, third and six. My God. Oh, Jesus Christ. By the way, as Dak takes an absolute shot to his legs, should have tacked on 15 yards, by the way, after that. Goodness gracious. Nine minutes left in the fourth. Dak under center. They snap it to him. Play action again. Deep drop. Dak avoids the rush again because, my God, they can't block anybody! And Luke Stonebaker gets five yards! Jesus Christ. Dak was looking for CD, but he was, I mean, he was covered. He was, he was mega covered. <sighs> so sad. Second and six. On a play action pass, the protection, on a, on a play where the play action works, the protection breaks down and Dak has to avoid a rusher Otherwise, he's going to take a massive sack. Handoff to Cavante Turpin, who almost gets the edge. I mean, he gets the edge, but he doesn't get the first down. He almost got the first. Third down now. It's like third and two, though. This is just a short yardage situation, a short yardage passing play to CD Lamb, if you're Dallas, at least in my opinion here. And Dallas is burning a lot of time 
for their defense. Giving a lot of time to their defense here to rest as Miami's is getting really, really tired as Dak. Is that incomplete or is that caught? It's fourth and two. Dak tries to throw it across his body again. Oh, man. What do you do here? If you, I mean, what do you do here if you're Dallas? They haven't run it at all on this drive. They've just, they've essentially decided, hey, we're going to let our quarterback try and bail us out here. It's fourth and two. CD is like trying to tell his, his guy, it's like, am I set? He's like, yes, you are set. Dak rolling right, throws right. CD Lamb catches it first down. Dallas, oh my God, and the place is going fucking nuts as it should. Boom, bam, it runs a curl. Get the fuck off me, CeeDee Lamb says. And he drags Xavier Howard for like three more yards too. Oh my God. Deep inside Miami territory at the 32-yard line, seven minutes, 50 seconds left. Dak motions Michael Gallup once again, then motions Jalen Tolbert outside. Miami blitzes. Quick strike, Jake Ferguson for eight yards. Now Dak and Dallas is starting to roll here. As I got the final score for Jacksonville versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 12-30. to 30. My God. I mean, I didn't think the Jacksonville Jaguars had a shot, but still. Doors wide open in that division. Back to the Cowboys, 13-19. Is the score second and four? Dallas can tie it up or take the lead with a touchdown. I don't know why I said tie it up. Rico Dowdle gets the first. I don't know why I said tie it up. If, if they're going to go, if they're going to get a touchdown, they're going to get a touchdown and the extra point to just have it be a one-point game for Miami. And Miami scored a bajillion field goals this game. So it's just like one-point game, probably. Or not probably, but Miami. I mean, that was Dallas's, I think, first stop of the game, right? Have they punted? They've punted twice. Miami has. First and 10, 21 yard line of Miami. Looks like they're going to bring extra pressure. They do. Dak gets almost sacked. No, he doesn't! You maniac! Dak! gets wrapped up stays on his freaking feet like a psychopath and finds Michael Gallup for almost a first down oh my fucking god Dak Prescott is on a heater second and two Dak hands it off first down Tony Pollard gets tackled inside the 10 of Miami you monster Dak Prescott oh sweet Jesus fail me out fail me out Take the wheel, Jesus. Fail me out. My God. First and goal. Five minutes. 20 seconds left in the ball game. Dallas has absolutely come alive here in the fourth quarter. Dak under center. 
Hands it off to Tony. Tony gets four yards, maybe. Oh my God, my head is on fire. Let me take a swig of water. As they're showcasing off Hunter Lipke's fumble. Why are you showing me Hunter Lipke's fumble again? I know he fumbled it. My God. Second and goal. Dak with Cavante and CD. Dak and the gun. Please score. Please score a touchdown. Dak looking right side. Looking CD Lamb's way. CD wants a penalty incomplete. There is no flag. Why is there no flag? Why is there no flag? There should have been a flag. CD was CD had his pants all the way up above his waist. By the end of the play, he's sagging because of how... I mean, you can see CD Lamb's ass! You can literally see his ass! Third and goal. At the five, Dak in the gun. Huge play coming up. Bang, they snap it to him. Dak, deep drop. Dak, pressured again, rolling right, rolling, looking by his time, back across his body, incomplete. Peyton Hendershot, do you go for a field goal here? I think, I think you do. Oh, man. Dak widens out and tries to get it to Peyton Hendershot, who just drops it. He finds him late. And it just, it literally hits Peyton Hendershot in his hands. It's just, <sighs> makes me so sick that sometimes Dak has to deal. I mean, bad tackle play. Peyton Hendershot loses the ball. Hunter Lipke, joke. Dak, fourth down, throws it. P.I. They got it. They got it. Against Xavier Howard on Michael Gallup, they got it. Cavante Turpin, I mean, take your pick. It's either on Elliott against Turpin or Xavier Howard against Michael Gallup. I mean, there's two, there's literally two defensive pass interference calls that you can make. The refs are having a, a, a dissertation, a monologue about it. It's simple pass interference. Who's it going to be on? Make a decision. It's pass interference. You missed the pass interference on CeeDee Lamb against Elliott. Elliott was grabbing Cavante Turpin for the entirety of the route. And then Xavier Howard grabbed freaking Michael Gallup. It's like, what are we doing? As a child, as they are showing me a child crying, as a Dallas Cowboy fan, let me tell you something. I don't give a damn if a child cries on Christmas Eve. I don't care. I don't care. Don't show a crying, a crying child in Miami because I don't care. I do not care. Oh, my gosh. First and goal. Quarterback, sneak it with Dak Prescott, please. Just sneak it with Dak. And Dak, keep your feet charted and go for it, please. Nope, they don't. Quarterback, sneak it, Dak. Get sacked. Why didn't they quarterback sneak it? Why didn't they sneak it? I, I don't understand why Dallas just didn't sneak it. They didn't sneak it. And then Bradley Chubb is just free rusher again, and he gets sacked. Dak gets sacked. 
Why are you doing this to me, Mike McCarthy? Why are you doing this to me, Mike McCarthy? Second and goal here. Three minutes, 42 seconds left. Dallas, bang, they snap it to him. Dak, fade, CD. Incomplete, he tries a fade CD Lamb's way. Let me see it. They may review it. I mean, it's super close. Oh, no, he's out of bounds. He drags his right foot, and his right foot was in, but his left foot wasn't. Second and goal. Oh, my God. I was like, why didn't you just run the quarterback sneak, Mike McCarthy? Why didn't you run the quarterback sneak, my God? Dak. They snap it. Third and goal. Dak takes a shot. Brandon Cooks. Touchdown, Dallas. Touchdown. As Brandon Cooks with a freaking helmet filled with grass catches potentially the game-ending touchdown for Dallas. Hold on. One, two. He's got it. And he's got it. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Is Dak Prescott in the Dallas Cowboys. Jesus fucking Christ. As Dallas takes, not takes the lead, but potentially, hold on, they take the lead. They tie the game, but then they take the lead. Lead, oh my gosh. Oh my god. As Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys on potentially what will be the game-ending drive. Please, Dan Quinn, do not call that bullshit defense and make your offense go out there and score an additional three points in the game, in the match. End it. Let Dak cook, cook again. Please and thank you. Oh, oh, sweet Jesus. As I get more commercials. How many commercials can I get? I don't know how many damn commercials I can get. I don't know. Why is Tyron Smith not playing? I need my left tackle back. This guy sucks. He's terrible. Jesus Christ! Sorry. God, man, is this guy so bad. <clears throat> As I am getting yet another 900 bajillion advertisements. And at this point, I just want to see how this game ends. And you freaking fucks, you won't let me see how my fucking team ends this fucking game. Very annoyed. All right. As I... Oh, as I'm getting... I'm not getting. I, I just... I don't even know what ads I'm watching now. 
I'm just so fed up with ads. I don't want to. I don't want to talk to. The, I mean, I'm getting. I'm getting an ad with crying electric bulbs for an iPhone. It's like who comes up with this shit? Who come? Just show me the iPhone. Just show me the iPhone. I don't need to see outlets crying. It's weird. Who thinks that their outlets are alive? That is weird. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see light bulbs or or what is it? I uh, electric sockets crying. You know what I? Well, you want you want to know what I want to see? I want to see the damn Dallas Cowboys win this fucking football game. That's what I want to fucking see. And you're crying. Outlets are preventing me from seeing what happens next. Twenty to nineteen is the score. Miami needs a field goal in this quarter. Miami they they just showed it. They have negative six yards. How is that even possible? I mean, technically speaking, Miami only had one drive this quarter, but still, negative six yards. <sighs> oh my god! They're showing me the Cavante Turpin thing. And I'm just like, guys, they like Dallas and they almost screwed up the drive too by not having a quarterback sneak on fourth on first and goal. And Dak on third down freaking scores a massive touchdown to Brandon Cooks. Like, oh my god, dude. First and ten Dallas Cowboy fans in Miami are going absolutely insane. First and ten. Tua. Screen. A chain. Looks like they get a face mask on Damone Clark. Yep. I mean, that's easy money for the officials. Even they can't screw that one up. So they get 15 yards at the end of that play. Just an already brutal start. <clears throat> Excuse me. For Dallas. Miami's kicker can absolutely boot it. You now need to stop them quickly if you're gonna let them score the field goal let them score it fast if you're if you're I, I mean that's the only option if you're gonna like you have to you have to stop them quickly if you're gonna let them score the field goal let them score it quickly there's three minutes 19 seconds left I mean Brandon Aubrey's a great kicker but I mean god man Jesus Christ there's three minutes left in the game there's not a lot of time left if Miami marches down the football field and, and takes up all the time. You won't give any time for Dak to score. They're already at the 45. It's like, what do you want? Got to make a stop. Got to get a stop. Jesus Christ. First and 10. Tua. And the gun flanked right. Bang, they snap it to Tua. Tua, quick pass. Across midfield. Stephon Gilmore's down. He's down. And he's in a lot of pain. They make the completion. Stephon Gilmore takes a huge shot. Oh, God. As I'm watching a shitty promo for the NFL Network... And their god-awful game, the Denver Broncos versus the New England Patriots. You couldn't pay me to watch that game. Could not pay me to watch it. 
Well, it depends on how much money, if I'm being honest with you. Now, if we're talking like a million dollars, yes. But if you're going to pay me like $500 to watch that game, no siree. Nope. Rather play Baldur's Gate 3. Mm-mm-mm. as I am watching more ads god man I don't want to fucking see any more fucking ads the NFL shop is now giving me ads just Jesus fucking Christ oh my god how many ads do I have to watch before I don't have to watch any more ads? Jesus Christ. Stefan Gilmore is now on the sideline. Second and one. As Nashawn Wright is now on the field guarding Tyreek Hill. You take your shot here to Nashawn Wright if you're Miami. You tell that to Tua. You tell him, take your shot, and he does. He goes and he attacks Nashawn right. Two minutes, 40-something seconds left in the ball game here. And Stephon Gilmore, after taking a absolutely brutal shot, thank God, is back onto the football field because Nashawn Wright already gave up a huge, huge play, a huge first down. Technically, it was second and one, but it was, you know. It is what it is. Two-minute warning coming up here at the 40-yard line of Dallas. Tua, bang, they snap it to him. Free Russ, incomplete, almost picked by Deron Bland. Clock stops with two minutes, ten seconds left. Do you run the football here if you're Tua in Miami? Let me see what happens. Bang. And Deron Bland, he wasn't nowhere near that ball. I don't know what. I mean, Tua has some really bad passes today. He really has. Second and 10. You got to stop them if you're Dallas. You call your timeout here if you're Dallas. Or maybe not. It's the two-minute warning. They're going to run it. No, they're not. They're going to check it down. And then he's going to get, I don't know, eight yards. You You call a timeout. Call timeout. Call timeout. They don't call it. They're going to try and save their timeouts for Dak. And to try and give him some time. Or not some time, but his timeouts that he needs. Brandon Aubrey hasn't missed a field goal all year long. And he's hit like multiple field goals from like 60 yards. Jesus Christ. It's going to be coming up short after the two-minute after the two-minute warning. It's going to be like third and short. Where's my where's my drink? Jesus Christ. I got to get one once away. Hold on. Oh my god. Oh, Jesus Christ.
I'm not going to buy your truck, GMC. I don't care about your truck. I don't care. I want to watch football. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jesus Christ. It's like, how many more? I've seen enough. I've seen enough ads. How many more ads do I have to watch? How many? How many ads? I'm asking because I want to know. I'm so annoyed with this. Oh my god. I have to watch another credit card trying to be sold to me. I don't care about your credit card. Let me watch the game. Let me watch the game. Let me watch the game. I gotta figure out what happens next. Let me fucking watch the game. Thank you. Nope. Nope. They're giving me another advertisement of one of their god-awful fucking game shows. As if I could give a damn. Just let me watch football. I don't watch your network already. Why am I being punished by 99 bajillion ads? Why am I being punished? Oh my god. And we're back, thank god. <sighs> Third and three. Two minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Dolphins. Infield goal range. Two timeouts left, just in case. Dallas has all three. You want to stop them here if you're Dallas. Jesus Christ, stop them. Stop them. Third and three. Motions Tyree kill. Motions, motions again. They snap it to him. Screen play. First down. Tyree kill. It was going to Tyreek. It was a screen play all day long. You call it your timeout if you're Dallas, which they do. Jordan Lewis, it's one of those quick little... Oh my god, I don't know what Jordan Lewis is doing. He's got to go up the field. He tries to push Stephon Gilmore to try and help set the edge. And it's just like, just go get Tyreek. Just go get him. Just get him. He didn't get him. 153 left in the game. 20-19. Dallas is in the lead. But by all intents and purposes... Miami's kicker is going to kick it. Dallas is, is awesome, but can he hit a 60-plus yard field goal? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there are, like, they're in scoring. They're, they're perfect. They're exactly where they want to be. Miami has all the options that they want. They can take one to two more timeouts out. They're going to take the timeouts by rushing Raheem Mostert, who just got eight yards on a running play, or Wilson Jr., not Cedric Wilson Jr., but another Wilson Jr. Ironically enough, Miami has two Cedric Wilson Juniors. Or not two Cedric Wilson Juniors, but two Wilson Juniors on their team. As Dallas just couldn't set the edge properly. And they hand it off to Wilson Jr., who just... I mean, nobody's out there for Dallas's edge. Demarcus Lawrence tries to get out there. He tries to make the tackle. He doesn't. And... It doesn't work very well for Dallas. CeeDee Lamb is 
praying to God that something happens. Second and two, one minute, 47 seconds left. I think if Miami gets a first down, they win the game. You have two timeouts. If you're Miami, you have one if you're Dallas. I think they do win the game if they get another first, which is very easy for them. Second and two. They run it. It's short. The ball comes out at the end of the play. Was it a fumble? Dallas got the fumble. Dallas got the ball. You gotta, like... Somebody, show me the fucking Fox. Show me the replay again. Is it a fumble? Hold on. They're showing me the last play in which there is a shit ton of missed holding calls. But I'm more interested in seeing if there is an actual fumble on the previous play. Which Fox, of course, doesn't show me because they're goons. It's third and two. Dallas needs to stop here. And no, it's not. Okay. Third and two. Tua flanked right. They hand it off. And he gets the first. That's game. That's game. It all came down to the missed, not the missed, but the bad handoff to Hunter Lipke. That's essentially what ended the game for Dallas. Seven points off the board. I think an additional three for Miami. Yep. And that's game. Uh -uh -uh. And Mike McCarthy even screams fuck because he knows that he lost the game. Because they're just going to knee it out. Dak won't have another shot at it. Second and goal. They're going to run it all the way down to the one. If you're Dallas, all you have is essentially... All you have is essentially just like trying to jump offsides or some type of something. Miami calls its final timeout. Third and goal. And he hits it. 
is the score for Dallas. They fall behind officially. This is it. They probably won't. No, not even probably. They definitely won't win the one seed in their conference. Dallas gets, falls further behind Miami. Or not at Miami, but the 49ers. Especially and specifically if the 49ers win tomorrow against the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, God. What a fucking disaster for Dallas. Two games, two losses. Division is up for grabs. And they just lose two games in a row. Especially and specifically, and again, it was that first fumble in the first half that lost them essentially the game. I mean, this should be 27-22. Tua should have had to go down and score a touchdown, which they probably could have the way that the Cowboys defense was playing. Cowboys lose a huge game. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Have a Merry Christmas. I'll see you on Tuesday. 24th Cowboys. Oh my God, I said 24th Cowboys. Oh my God. 24th Podcast.